It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. Uh, Last night, we didn't talk about one of the big stories of the day because it was pretty early on. There wasn't a lot of detail. You know, it was one of those times where... The news is reporting one thing and then, you know, half hour later, it's a completely different story. They've changed the the uh, the details. And so there's certainly more that's come out since that time. We're talking about the latest school shooting. I was very surprised. Uh, I expected it to be a very popular, hot topic yesterday on the show. And I, I fully expected that a lot of the callers would call in and expect me to sort of to, to sort of hold me to account for what happened yesterday because, of course, the, there was a school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, and it yes. has since come out that the shooter was a trans person. A trans man in this case, yes. meaning uh, someone who was born female and has uh, is now going by he, him. Yes, and going by the name of Aiden now. The, the name wasn't very well publicized. I don't remember exactly how I saw it, but apparently... Audrey Hale apparently was the person's previous name. Yeah. Um, and I had not even... Until, like literally until one minute before you just said it was the first time I saw the word Aiden here in the Daily Mail coverage that just came out today where they are uh, showing a message that Aiden sent to a friend apparently just before going on the rampage where it said, quote, so basically that post I made on here about you was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. And then in all caps, this is not a joke. Uh, followed by, you'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life, Audrey. So he signed it, Audrey. Audrey okay. And then in parentheses below puts Aiden. And the person responds. Okay, that's a curious way of going about things. And then the the user's username is listed as Aiden. So okay. I guess, it, whatever. Who knows how this person I mean, viewed themselves? Yeah, he, he she, what, I, I don't know. I'm just going off what other people have told me. The and, shooter. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he's a killer, so I don't care about misgendering him, yeah. honestly. Right. But it, it seems like he was confused about his identity, and he was young, so. 28? Oh, was he, was he that old? I thought yeah. he was much younger than that. No, the initial, again, this is why you don't talk about things, okay, right? Okay, right. The, the initial report said it was like a teenage girl, and then yeah. later we find out it's a 28-year-old uh, trans trans male. Okay, definitely old enough to have discovered his identity by this point and to no longer be going by dual names. Well, I, he, I, I guess he could still be in the transition period where he's living a sort of double life, like working as a female during the day and then mm. living as a male at night, but... I don't know, and even even when I was in that period, there were some contexts where I would use the name Aria and some contexts where I would just have to use my dead name. Mm-hmm. There was never any context where I would sign my dead name and then in parentheses put Aria, right? Yeah. That was just... Strange. So a strange way of doing things. It's possible this is somebody who knew them from way back or whatever. True. The person responds using the name Audrey, you have so much more life to live. I pray God keeps and covers you, and then Aiden Audrey continues by saying, I know, but I don't want to live. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to upset you or get attention. I just need to die. I wanted to tell you first because you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen and known all my life. My family doesn't know what I'm about to do. One day this will make more sense. I've left behind more than enough evidence behind. I've left more than enough evidence behind, but something bad is about to happen. 
Now, we have not yet gotten uh, the actual manifesto uh, that apparently the police do have. And I checked 4chan earlier today because that's where you always want to go if you want to find a manifesto. Because the mainstream media will never actually link to it. They'll talk about it, but they'll never actually link to it. And uh, as of right now, I don't believe it has been leaked. So we have not been able to find it. If you found it, definitely send us a message and uh, let us know. Maybe post it in the on-air now chat room. I mean, the issue now is that even if it is leaked, we'll never have any way of knowing whether or not it's authentic. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on how it was left behind. If it was sent to some trusted friends and they release it, then that might be a way to do it. Um, But are you suggesting that the police would edit the, the manifesto? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying that any manifesto that we ultimately see will have been edited or mm-hmm. intentionally leaked or whatever, but you just don't know. Yeah, we'll never be able to have any confidence that it actually was the. This is the same issue we have with the with the media reporting on what other shooters' manifestos said. It's like we don't actually know unless we can read it for ourselves. And in this situation, even if we can read it for ourselves, we don't know because it was it handed to us by police rather than mm-hmm. the actual killer. Uh, apparently a friend said on CNN Tuesday morning that Hale had been suicidal in the past. Quote, Audrey has shared with others that she's been suicidal in the past and I knew to take this seriously. I presume this is the person to whom the last messages were sent. It's a very curious thing to just leave your manifesto, like print it out in your bedroom or whatever. So I, I have to imagine there are other copies of this out there because you want, if you're going to do something like this, right, wouldn't you want your reasons for it, your manifesto to be viewed by the world? Isn't that part of the point is to commit this act to get the attention? Well, I don't know. Is that what they said? Was it actually printed and left in? in well, uh... all, all I know is police have it. So okay. that, that's my general assumption. Or it was on a laptop that they found. Maybe it wasn't printed. Maybe it was in digital form, but... Like it, it would seem like the point of this point, the point of having a manifesto is, is to it release to it to the world. Yeah. Uh, Audrey Hale allegedly has shot and killed three students and three teachers at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. And I don't really, you know, want to get into all the details. It's it's another school shooting, right? Like these things have happened so many times, it's almost becoming not newsworthy uh, when it happens. Obviously, it's quite newsworthy uh, and it's quite horrifying for the the victims and the families that have been destroyed in this circumstance. I, I don't mean to minimize that here, but these things happen a lot now. And the same issues usually get brought up, which is, of course, these are completely de-armed, disarmed zones, these uh, gun-free school zones where no law-abiding people are allowed to have guns. So when somebody who's willing to break the law shows up with a gun, there's very little that can be done about it. Unless somebody at the school happens to also be breaking the law, who's like a good person right. and manages to you know take this person out. I mean, and this school shooting did have some elements to it that I don't know if they make it unique, but they make it different from the average school shooting. Like Christian the, school. The Christian school and the shooter had attended that school in the past. Uh, I heard that, yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming that's, that's still true. That was something mm-hmm. that I heard yesterday. And the shooter was trans. That's unusual. I know what Christians do to trans people in the South. That's not an excuse for anything, right? And plenty of trans people from the South didn't become killers, so I'm not excusing that at all. But I could see how a person could be pushed to that point Mm -hmm. if they already had a heart of evil, I guess. 
I'm not saying anything they did was justified. Absolutely not. It was horrific, and violence is never justified. Acts of aggression are never justified. Mm. But I could see how someone's mind could snap as a result of living as a trans person in the South. I mean, if you're too uh, cowardly to take your own life and you want the police to do it for you, there's other ways that you can make that happen without having to go and murder children. That's an excellent right? point as well. Like, you could just walk into the police station and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not recommending this, but, like, you could go to the police station directly and they'll kill you there yeah. if that's what you want to happen. I mean, this thing is it's called suicide by cop. Right. It's not anything I would encourage anyone to do. I mean, if you want to commit suicide, don't involve other people in that. But if you, if you want to commit suicide by cop, you don't have to hurt anyone in order to do that. Correct. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160 if you want to join the show. Uh, and it is an act of cowardice to have the police do it for you yeah. instead of doing it. Because that's ultimately what Audrey did or Aiden did. They wanted to die. Because right. if you want to kill yourself, there's plenty of different ways to do that. Uh, and it should be legal, of course, to, to do that. That way it doesn't have to be messy. If well, somebody... if you succeed, it's irrelevant whether or not it's legal. Uh, well, I get what you're saying, but it, a lot of times it's messy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... somebody's got to clean that up. You're not going to be there to scrub the blood right. stains out of wherever it is you blast your brains out in whatever room or location you decide to do that. And that's whoever it is that gets, you know, has to do that job is it's not going to be fun. No, uh, for, no, for there, that person. There so. are cleaners that do that, and as I understand it, it's uh, traumatic experiences. I, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. So you know, if, if that's why su- one of the reasons why suicide should be legal, uh, that way you can just go to a doctor and take a pill, press a button, yeah. press a plunger, and deliver some sort of chemical into your body, and then it's over for you, and it's Quick relatively and easy. peaceful, and so on. Um, and I understand that, you know, there's a, there's some objection to that idea of, well, you know, people shouldn't kill themselves and this and that. And and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be an attempt to try to convince that person otherwise of like, look, here's you need to go through this course first and and try to try to help you understand why life is worth living. But if somebody really wants to take themselves out, then they should make be free to make that decision. Now, interestingly, Canada is actually now allowing for. Uh, euthanasia, I believe, up there. And unfortunately, they've gone a little bit too far with it because the government runs the healthcare system up there. So they're actually recommend- that. They're actually encouraging people to, t- to take their own lives. Uh, so that's a little bit too far. But it is. It should be something that people are allowed to do. Maybe this girl would have or this person would have been able to go that direction if they knew that there was a less violent way to take themselves out a less scary way to uh, to take themselves out uh that they maybe they would have availed themselves of that i don't I know i don't know that that i mean that's certainly an aspect to this right i mean the, the person clearly wanted to die and this was the method they chose in which to die but even even that they knew they had to have known that it wasn't necessary to shoot up a school to murder children yeah. in order to achieve this goal or to murder anyone to achieve this goal Right, just showing up at a public place with a gun and shooting at the ground enough times would have got them shot by a police officer sure. and probably killed. Uh, so there's another aspect to this that needs to be talked about, and it's normally when these shootings happen, people divvy themselves up into their particular political profile, and they start, you know, talking about their talking points on issues like gun freedom. And yeah. police in schools and like all kinds of things come up. Like you, as soon as these things happen, uh, people start arguing about them on the internet. Right. Often as they're still happening. 
This one, however, has made for some strange bedfellows, and that typically happens with politics. In this case, some of, maybe most of, I don't know what the breakdown is of the conservatives uh, that are saying these things, but apparently they're all over social media, and some major conservative influencer types are saying things like that trans people should not have rights to own guns. And these are the very same people who would normally say things like gun rights are invaluable. You must you you as a human being, you must have a right to defend yourself. It's the second amendment. It's one of the most important uh rights known to mankind and they would normally be very very firm. Well, on- it's a Freudian slip and they, they don't even realize it. And that's what's so amusing about it. They know that gun rights are ultimately about protecting yourself from tyranny. Mm-hmm. And by by advocating to remove the rights from trans people, in, in, in a culture, in an environment where legislation is actually being written to target trans people, they are specifically outright saying that they want to be able to oppress p- trans people without punishment, without tyranny's consequences. okay as long as it's not against them. Right. But they're totally okay with tyranny against trans people, and that's why they want to disarm them. Right. And it's also, um, you know, in, in one way, it's a way of saying, essentially, without coming right out and saying it, it's a way of saying... Trans people aren't people. Yeah. Trans people aren't human. You are messed up in the head. You're crazy. And so, therefore, you can't be trusted with a gun. Yeah, and that's even worse, right? And I I understand where they're coming from when they say trans people are mentally ill. Okay, maybe there is some grain of truth to that, depending on how you define mentally ill and mental health issues. It, it's, it's something for psychologists and therapists and, you know, those types of people to argue about. But... If you're targeting people who are sick to belittle them, to mock them, to make Mm. their lives more difficult, that's just a little bit worse than trying to make a normal, healthy person's life more difficult, right? They they say, oh, trans people are mentally ill as though that this somehow absolves them of the sin in being mean to trans people. Mm. But no, it actually makes it that much worse. It's, It's worse to be mean to a sick person than it is to be mean to a healthy person. In this case, they're actually making it more likely trans people are going to be involved in uh, violence, at least the victims of violence, because now they're essentially saying, we don't think trans people should be able to defend themselves because we don't like the way they think. And of course, trans people aren't the same. You're very different from a lot of other trans people in your opinions and how you express yourself. Uh, But they don't know that. They just, they think collectively, uh, they say, well, all trans people are the same they all want to kill themselves. They're all suicidal, crazy people, or they could be. So therefore, they should have their right to bear arms taken away. Well, a lot of people can snap. A lot of people can can be stressed to the point of doing something they wouldn't normally do. And it doesn't matter whether you're trans or you're just somebody who's stressed out at work or you know in a relationship or whatever the whatever the stressors are that's on that person. I mean, the fact is, there's a lot of trans people out there, and they're not all going out shooting places up. Right. Okay? So, like, this is still an unusual thing that happens. Like, even though it's even though school shootings happen more often in the United States than elsewhere, uh, it's pretty unusual that somebody is trans that's going to go and do this sort of thing. And you don't have pe- you don't have these Christian or conservatives or whoever it is these conservative types that are advocating for trans people to be banned from guns, also advocating that young white males in general be banned from guns because that tends to be who it is that does the school shootings. 
Yeah, it's a very strange uh, but predictable amount of hypocrisy from them. Mm-hmm. They know that, you know, a, the the guy who shot up the Mirage in uh, Las Vegas, I think it was the Mirage, the hotel casino that was yeah, overlooking the, the field, out the, the country window. concert. Yeah, yeah. He, he killed a bunch of people, but no one said, oh, well, I mean, some people did, sure, but they, they were a tiny percent of this population. Conservatives never said, oh, well, we have to take all the guns from the from the aging, from the middle-aged white men, because mm-hmm. clearly they'll, they'll do crazy things. Right. But but when it's a trans person, that logic gets thrown out the window. Suddenly, Muslims have to apologize for the actions that are committed by ISIS, and ordinary black people have to apologize for the actions committed by the Bloods. And, you know, ordinary Hispanics have to apologize for the drug cartels in Mexico. And no, for some reason, I'm don't. being asked to apologize for what this other trans person did because they're, quote, part of my community, whatever the Ridiculous. hell that means. I don't have to apologize when some other libertarian does something stupid or or violent, which has happened. There's been some I think there was like a uh, the most recent thing was some guy that allegedly killed some college students out Midwest or whatever last year. That's right. Yeah. And they claimed that that guy was a libertarian. And we got on the air. We talked about the issue. We pointed out that this guy, you know, if he was a libertarian, he didn't act like one because libertarians believe in non-aggression. So they, by definition, shouldn't be doing things like shooting up you know, or stabbing, I think in that case, uh, innocent people. So, I mean, we can address that issue as... Uh, from the perspective of what an actual libertarian would do. But the difference there is, to be a libertarian, you're supposed to have principle. So we're just simply pointing out the principle. We're not apologizing for what this person did. What this person did was was horrible. But being trans isn't a, the same thing. You're not, right. you're not living your life by a principle. You have different opinions as a trans individual, Aria, than other trans individuals do out there. There's a group of communist trans, for instance, that you're not a part of those people. You can't apologize for their beliefs in the same way that they can't apologize for your beliefs. And and I've been... I'm starting to think that I've been wrong in my characterization of trans people. I tend to think the liberty, the individualist trans people are a lot more common than I've been thinking. Because hmm. th- this issue has made me aware of it when I see these people. Like, oh, these people want to com- call it a crime for you to misgender them. I'm thinking, well, I know like three trans people who, who are that far gone. And the rest of them, they don't care enough to, quote, correct you. Mm-hmm. And even if they do care enough to offer this correction, they don't think it should be a crime to use the wrong name or the wrong <laughs> gender for them. So that I, I'm not sure how common that crazy leftist type of trans person really is. And you mentioned libertarians. Mm-hmm. And two weeks ago or however long ago it was when I was on NBC, the trans, the Free State Project here in New Hampshire and the libertarians in general, they didn't seem to be very good allies to the trans community. They, we had a Free Stater signing up with some anti-trans law here in New Hampshire, and they were arguing that you know, essentially the same thing that conservatives always argue in regard to trans people, child grooming and all this other crazy nonsense that isn't actually happening. And it, it seemed like it was a dark time, like there were no allies for the trans libertarian outside of the people here on Free Talk Live, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in the wider libertarian community, they weren't interested in supporting trans rights. But this has made it very, very clear to me that that's not the case at all. LPNH in particular has been out there tweeting nonstop, which tweeting is 
I mean, it could be a form of activism, but it's it's useful in this regard because it's making people aware, the trans people aware that, hey, even now when you're more unpopular than ever because of this trans shooter, we're going to stand with you, you and back. defend your rights. Right. And, and you're, you're right about that. It's not just the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. I've seen some other state Libertarian parties also uh, yeah. promoting these ideas, which is to say the idea being very clear, gun rights are for all humans – it does not matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what you consider yourself. If you're a human being, you have a right to defend yourself. And whether that's yep. with a gun or a brass knuckles or whatever weapons, the right to defend yourself is absolutely a human right. And it should not be stripped from someone just because you don't like the way somebody else thinks. Let's go to the phones here, though. Uh, Dingo is on the line in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Good evening. Uh, I don't know what you guys have been doing for entertainment, but... There's a boy in my town called Odyssey. I used, I, I've been sober for three years, so I don't really go to the bar anymore. But okay. he used to have comedy shows on Saturday nights, and I don't know if you remember Doug Stanhope. He did a thing yeah. on school shooting, and he ran for president as a libertarian back in the day. Yeah, Doug Stanhope is a Free State Project participant. I don't know if he's ever going to move here, but there was a time when he was promoting that. I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with his comedy. What about him? Are you saying he's coming to, to your area to perform? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, haven't, I haven't kept up on him. I just was wondering if you guys been doing if you guys have been doing any on the side for entertainment, just besides uh, the whole Free State Project and all that. Oh, like, what do I do for time? fun? That, that sort of question? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I play video games not as much as I used to. Like, mm. I've been playing the same game here in the studio during commercial breaks for like four months now. What because- game? Uh, Bowser's Inside Story is a Mario and Luigi RPG, yeah. but that's because like that, that's the only time frame in which I even play the game. So mm. I'm not making a whole lot of progress playing, you know, 12 minutes a day or whatever. Uh, Bonnie and I have been watching some King of the Hill episodes. Oh, that's a good choice. The late 1990s. Ah. So, there you go, Dingo. Uh, anything All else? Right. That's it. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Hi, my name is Gary from Richmond, Virginia. Gary, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I just got two quick points. So the first one is I believe Aria said that she was surprised that she wasn't taken to task because of the trans shooter. And I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And I could understand it. And uh, I just want to say that first off. And second of all, I want to say I believe uh, everything you guys have said has been true. So I, I kind of feel like that because of Tennessee's kind of anti-trans or anti-drag show kind of... Uh, Gary, atmosphere. I want you to hang on and make the rest of this point here in a moment. Can you hang with us? Yes. Sir. Hang on, man. Uh, more here in a moment with Gary and your calls and thoughts are welcome. Whether it be on the shooting situation in Tennessee uh, or the, the desire on the part of a lot of these conservative people to prohibit guns from a certain group of people that they don't like... Uh, If you want to comment, you can join the show, 603-283-6160. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. 
and you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian and Aria talking about the shooting, the latest uh, that happened in Tennessee. Person turned out to be the shooter, turned out to be a trans male, meaning somebody born female who is now going by the name of a male person or he, him, or whatever. But they also apparently are going by their old name, too, sometimes, depending. So who knows? And we get a lot uh, of criticism, especially on like our video chats, for not being 100% up-to-date and current on what's happening in the world. Like They would have wanted us to have covered this last night, right? But well, They could good, have called in about it. Yeah, but there are very good reasons why we didn't cover it last night. Like the, the, the six-minute news break or however long it lasts every yeah. time, at the top of every hour, repeatedly last night— they talked about a young woman mm-hmm. committing the shooting. It was woman, 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 woman. And it seemed to me at the time that I was the only person listening who knew that the person was trans because mm-hmm. I had seen it elsewhere. But it wasn't confirmed to me at that point. And I did ultimately go out and find it confirmed on some media outlet. But I'd seen it as well. But the vast majority, awesome. Yeah. The vast majority of people just like this is just some as we mentioned previously, it was just some young woman who committed the shooting. I still thought she was young, mm-hmm. or I mean, twenty eight is young, young, but it's just not. Fresh out of high school or whatever. There's so much misinformation about these things and inaccurate information that you got to give it time to let that information get weeded out as inaccurate and let only the facts shine through. But that said, if there's ever a a topic that you feel, you know, you're out there listening, you're like, how can they not be talking about this? Well, that's why we have open phones. And no, you don't just get to yammer about it in the chat room because we may or may not see what's yeah. going on in the chat room. Sometimes I look over and other times we're too busy doing actually doing a show. So it's hard to do that. So the best way to get in here is to actually get in here, get on the phones like Gary uh, calling us from Richmond. Uh, go ahead, Gary. You're on Free Talk Live. You were making a point. I want you to just kind of reset it and uh, and make it now, please. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'll start over and just say uh, one thing to Aria. Uh, that I respect you as a person and respect all your decisions. And I, I feel bad and I'm sorry that you feel like for some reason, I mean, we would take you to task over any of this. And having, having said that, I also want to say uh, a lot of, I agree with a lot of what you say, like um, it, oh, there's a lot of things yet to still come out about this because uh, without knowing, knowing about the manifesto or yeah. not hearing it yet, um, like there's a lot of other ways that uh, this person could have, could have committed suicide, but I, I believe maybe it has to do with, uh, I hear a lot of like anti-drag um, queen and anti-gay, anti-sentiments coming from Tennessee, and I believe maybe even in Nashville itself. So I, I believe maybe this has, that has something to do with it. Um, it doesn't seem like she just shot up a school because she had some brouhaha with the school. I mean, maybe she did, but, you know, like the Columbine kids, you know, they, they had a, a beef with the other kids. That's why they shot it up, but mm-hmm. that doesn't seem right. to be the case here. So Yeah, no, it I doesn't make any sense. This was an elementary up. school, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, the, the images of the children are very, very young uh, children. Yeah, like nine years old. Or, yeah, or younger. Um, and, like, it makes absolutely no sense. This person was 28 years old. If they still had some some sort of beef 
uh, with the school people or the you know teachers there again i'm not advocating for for violence here but why are you going to shoot children well that's you know? i i can't really that's an insane I mean, person yes we're and we're trying to make sense of their insanity and yeah. that that's you, you can't know, do that it's a lost cause for us however and i i hate to say this but it has to be said uh the caller's right uh, there is a lot of anti-trans stuff going on right now a lot of anti-drag mm-hmm. queen stuff going on right now and sorry conservatives but Blowback is still a thing. What do you mean by that? I mean, we saw this with 9-11, where the United States just kept screwing over Middle Eastern people and mm-hmm. Muslims until finally someone hit back. You know, some, some Muslim named Osama bin Laden organized a coalition of people, and they struck back at the United States for all of the wrongs that the United States had done against them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was right, but that was what he said his motives were. And I would not be at all surprised to find out that this manifesto says effectively the same thing that this this audrey person felt that all of the anti-trans legislation all of the quote rights abuses because you got to understand that this person was almost certainly a leftist or not almost certainly but there's a very high chance this person was a person yeah and somewhat disconnected from reality and the way things are actually happening so Mm -hmm. they probably perceived just massive human rights abuses on trans people and her life was literally being threatened and maybe that's true in some cases it's probably more true in tennessee than it is like california or new hampshire but so so maybe there's some truth in that but she felt pushed back into a corner, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying I could see it happening, mm-hmm. and she she lashed out. And I th- think that person uh, kind of kind of made reference to that in the um, in the thing that Ian first read. I guess that text or something that she sent to one of her friends. That's what it kind of sounds like. You know, I, I think like the truth is going to come out, or you know, you're going to find out. And I I think this was this is kind of like you know pushback or a political statement. She did say something but, about leaving behind a lot of evidence or something like that. And the, like, I, it's unclear at this point what Audrey or Aiden or why am I trying so hard to not misgender this this the shooter? Yeah, the shooter. <laughs> you could just call the I mean, person the shooter. Right. I mean, I, I don't know why, why. Why? I understand why I try for most people, but like this person literally killed six this innocent is a psychopath. people. Yeah. This is a uh, crazy person who thought whatever her issues were that she was going to make things better. By killing children. I mean, that's just, that's about yeah. as crazy as it could possibly get. Generally, killing people isn't going to make things better, but killing children certainly isn't going to uh, to make things better. Yeah, you're not winning any causes by no. killing someone's children, ever. Gary, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, nope, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the Talk call tonight. Appreciate it. And, the, and this person is certainly not helping the trans, uh, quote-unquote, movement no. by going out like this. Uh, let's go to Rob in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. So, uh, again, this is another one of these awful situations where, you know, innocent people have lost their lives, you know, because of, you know, someone's poor decision making. It sounds like to me that um, this is like sort of like a, 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 like bad, bad parenting skills that have happened. At least that's what I'm seeing, uh, where there's a generation of folks that are coming along, you know, that are getting into the role where they're learning to be like the grandparents or whatever. And, and you know, the parents are, are not parenting the children, you know, as they should be. And these grandchildren will, I mean, kids are really smart. 
you know, and they'll go ahead and try to, you know, manipulate situations. A lot of times the the parents will, you know, will allow the children to, uh, you know, behave in certain ways or they won't, you know, correct a bad behavior. And this, you know, sort of goes on and on and on and, you know, until their bad behavior spills out into where the school is, you know, and it just, but I mean, as far as yeah, I wonder if anyone has talked to this woman's, uh, this person's parents uh, in this case. I don't know if they've been interviewed or if they've made any kind of public uh, statements about this. But I mean, certainly you, this could be a parenting issue. I, I don't know. Uh, who knows what uh, this person, how this person was raised. I don't want to allow well, I mean, my biases to like predispose me to assume certain things. But my general assumption, being from you know Tennessee, would be that her parent and having gone to a Christian school where their parents were deeply Christian and good chance they didn't have much understanding for her probably did not approve of her lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. and that probably didn't help things again this person is not a victim they're a killer right and I'm not trying to say anything that would suggest they are a victim but well somehow uh, this person was pushed to the edge to where they felt like that the only way that it could solve their problems was killing other people yeah, I don't. That's just like we were saying before. It's just a, it's an insane person uh, who is an absolute psychopath and has no empathy for other human beings and used them essentially as a tool to get the cops uh, to respond the way that they did. And at least in the police's, uh, you know, it's not. It's hard to say good things in a lot of cases about the police, but in this case, they didn't hesitate. You That's know, good. In, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the cops will hang around outside for hours as they... Like Uvalde? Yeah, right. Like the Uvalde shooting. Uh, in this case, the police video has been released already, and it shows these guys rolling up on the scene. They open the door, to, you know, the back door to their cruisers, pull guns out, go inside, and it, this thing's over within five minutes of when, uh, you know, they rolled up, basically. so They did the right thing. As as right as you can get in this right. uh, this well, circumstance. I mean, when there's a shooter in a building that's yeah. murdering innocent people, like yeah. the, your your options to deal with that are pretty much limited to shooting them. Yep, pretty much because uh, they're going to shoot that person's going to shoot you yeah. for sure, right? Like, thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. I, yep. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and in fact, in the in the footage, which I saw a couple of the angles, there's at least two body cams that I that I saw today. Uh, there's the initial cop that takes the person down. Uh, and then somebody, another cop shoots uh, the shooter while they're on the ground because apparently they're still going, they were still moving towards the gun or trying to raise the gun or whatever. So this person but, was trying to fight back right to the end. I mean, the worst thing for for this person, I mean, with the the that, that's what I was thinking earlier. Suicide by cop isn't a guarantee. No, I it's mean, not. That's they're true. notoriously not very good shots, and you're far more likely to get hit in the abdomen or something that's non lethal. And live through it. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay, enjoy your life prison sentence. You might get sentenced to death, but even then you're going to spend the next 40 years in prison on death row. Crippled. Yeah. Yeah. So, I did, horrible, horrible situation. My heart goes out to the to the victims and their families. If you want to comment here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Let's go to Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, brother and sister Aria. What's well, on your mind? Well, I was listening last night, and I listen every night. 
And uh, David from San Francisco called in during the second hour, I believe, for the second time. And I listened to his call twice. And I remember his first call. And see, here's my thing about this, Ian. I've heard guys like this before. First of all, like last night's call, it sounded like it was all over the place. But here's the thing. Guys like this do a form of like, if you will, verbal jujitsu when they talk. I, I don't remember the, the call that you're talking about. Uh, David in well, San Francisco, well, well, I don't remember what he was calling about either. But normally he doesn't actually answer any questions. I wouldn't call it verbal jujitsu. He's not particularly uh, skilled. This in... was the all over the map guy. But I think he tries, though. But yeah, he see, was. The, problem with these, the problem with these guys is, though, they if you listen to them first, it sounds like they're making some kind of point and almost sound like they make sense. Like last night, he did something pretty terrible, and this is why I'm very disturbed by it. He made the comment about in the middle. He was here and there, but he made the comment, something to the effect, and I listened to it twice, of Lincoln doing something with silver before the Revolutionary War. Now, I just did the math. If you take 1861 and then you take 1776, that's 85 years. I really don't think so. And the problem is people listen to guys like this. And it really aggravates me because it's dangerous. Now, David, I think, does. He said something about Lincoln in regards to the Revolutionary War? Yes, he said Lincoln did something with silver he before probably just the misspoke. Revolutionary War. He probably just meant the Civil War or yeah, something like he, that. He certainly yeah, just meant the Civil way, War. Either way, here's what I'm looking at. You know, these guys that talk like this and don't know what they're really talking about or whatever, people hear it, and it's bad for everybody. Now, if he has a problem with anything that I've said, uh, my name is Ricky from the Commonwealth. I called in plenty of times over the years. He can call in and say, you know what, Ricky, I hear you. And he could have a live discussion with me on the air. I'd love to do it with him. Well, normally we don't really get to know what the caller is. Like if somebody were to call while you were on the air, we have we actually have no phone screener, so we wouldn't have any. Well, you know what I would do, Ian? It would just like we we have done in the past when we did it with uh, Sarah from New Mexico. He could call in and say, yeah, I heard that. And, you know, I call yeah. in pretty frequently, and I would just stay on hold, and he'd just give me an idea when he's going to call in, and I'll be there. Well, actually, if he did call in, like if he happened to call in right now, then I could actually put him on the line because I've got his number, I, I've got his caller ID right. here. So I would know it was it was him, Ricky. Um, he was uh, way more, like, all over the place on that call yeah, than, not, than his usual calls. Usually he's advocating for socialism and... You know, communism. Really? He's a or, oh, yeah, okay. he's, he's David in San Francisco. I okay, mean, he's yeah, a hard, so. he's and, a and hard left you, guy. And I'll tell you another thing I noticed with his call last night. He made the comment at first when he came on. He says, yeah, I believe I called you before. See, these are the kind of guys that call tons of people. The only people I've ever ca- talked to on radio is you, brother, and then the boys and the girls and all that. Oh, you know, that makes me feel true. special, Ricky. Well, I wouldn't. Hey, it's the only show I would talk on. That's very, very <laughs> nice of you. Thank you for the call tonight. Do appreciate hearing from you. The number here is 603-283-6160. But Ricky is right. A lot of the, the people that call this show, uh, well, I mean, I guess I can't say a lot, but some of the sort of known quantity types, they call other talk shows. Like they call yeah. a lot of shows. Some of them even get banned. Like uh, Like Sarah has been banned from calling all of her local talk stations. Also, David. And David from New Mexico, Mexico, yeah, because they're just so nonstop. They're always on the phones, and they just get so tired of them. (laughs) They get rid of them. I believe the word that um, 
Ricky was looking for a sophistry, sophistry, I don't know how it's pronounced. I've mm. only ever seen it written down, but that's the concept of throwing out a bunch of really fancy-sounding arguments Trying and fancy-sounding words that actually don't mean anything, mm. okay. that sound super smart, and they get they get people to think, and on a surface level, they may mm. even make sense. Like, oh, yeah, that, that education is what's ultimately backing the money, which is one of the things that uh, he said last night, but as you dive further into it, you start to dissect the actual meaning of what was said, you find out that it's just outright nonsense. It, I think colloquially it's called a Woolseyism. Maybe, mm. uh, no, that's not right. I'm not familiar with it. I don't remember what the colloquial term is for it, but I, it, it's irrelevant. It's just a, it's a f- debate tactic that people use when they can't afford an actual argument to just sound really intelligent and get the, the surface level thinkers to go, oh yeah, that person He's must be right. Yeah. Uh, the number, if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160. It's so, a yogiism, not a wussyism. If you've learned more about this uh, trans shooter situation and you want to share, please feel free. I feel like we've covered the basics here on what went down. It's terrible. You know, three children, three adults uh, shot and killed by somebody who was clearly very, very disturbed. But that doesn't mean that everybody who is trans should have their gun rights uh, stripped from them, the right to defend themselves stripped from them. And that's the real that's the real tragedy here. The wider tragedy is that these conservatives who want you to believe they're in favor of gun rights are now willing to throw that away because they hate trans people so much that they're willing to dehumanize them to the point where they want to disarm uh, trans people. And what they don't understand is that if you don't stand for the rights of everyone to be able to bear arms, you don't stand for the right to bear arms anymore. You, you've given that up. You think you can take gun rights away from one group of people and then have it not spread from there to other groups of people? You don't know the way the government works. No, and they are absolutely driven by a dislike, a hatred, a phobia of trans people, whatever you want to call it. And this was true before the shooting, right? Like Tucker Carlson, he I saw watched a news clip of him where he was arguing something. There was there was something to be some armed trans protest or something, and he was like, "Do we really want trans people with AR-15s? What's next? Trans people with F-35s or whatever?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like any other person, a trans person should be able to own an F-35 if they got the money to do it. But that's beside the point. But that's speak- an airplane, right? I think so. Okay." I don't care what it is. If okay, the government has yeah. absolutely, <laughs> but he was arguing this before the shooting even occurred. He was wow. arguing that trans people were just too armed. We already need to restrict the arms of trans people, and they had that convenient excuse that oh, gender identity disorder is a mental illness. And well, look, it hasn't been classified as a mental illness in several years. I mean, psychologists, doctors, they change the definitions of things. They change the labels they use for things. And we can argue about that all day long, but the people who do this thing for a living, the the medical doctors, the medical professionals, the the behavioral health professionals, they don't think it's necessarily a mental mental illness issue. And I I tend to think we kind of have to go with them to some degree. But again, these are the same people who said that COVID was life-threatening. So Pick whichever one you pick, whichever side you want to support, and support that side. But don't infringe on people's rights in the process because you you have to err on the side of caution. We don't know right. who's going to be right here, but we do know that the vast majority of people out there, trans, cisgender, gay, straight, or whatever, 
are peaceful and That's don't right. want to inflict harm on one another. They may get caught up in the religion of the state and they may inadvertently inflict harm on one another, but they don't realize that they're doing that. But they don't want to inflict direct harm on one another. If you handed a person a gun and said, look, there's no consequences whatsoever, you can shoot one person and you'll never face any consequences. I don't think most people would pull the trigger. I think most people say, absolutely right. not. Yeah, right get this that. out of my sight. Because most people have empathy. Right. Most people can understand that they wouldn't want someone to do that to them. They wouldn't want the, to see that happen to one of their loved ones, for instance. And so they wouldn't do it. They, there's an inherent human uh, disincentive, uh, distaste for taking life or for harming other humans. They have to be trained. That's why military yeah. has... You know, months and months and months of dehumanization style training, and that's why they dehumanize the enemy. They're not the humans from Japan. They're the dirty Japs, right? Like they're, yep. they're, they have to dehumanize in order to uh, get somebody to be able to actually pull a, pull a trigger and, and shoot another person. Or, and it's not easy. or you're dealing with psychopaths. You don't have to do that much work with them. But with actual sure. like thinking, feeling human beings, you have to do a lot of work to get to that point and i've never shot anyone but i can imagine how difficult it is and i think we can all imagine how difficult it really is because there, there's constantly talks about look if someone was really threatening your life if someone broke into your home and they, they were going to shoot you or they were going to rob you or whatever they were going to do do you really have the ability to shoot them it depends and, and with a lot of people they're like you know if push comes to they or they bluster and say well of course i would i would i would i wouldn't hesitate to shoot someone who was threatening me but if push came to shove they probably would shoot the intruder no, they, they would probably hesitate or they they probably would find themselves unable to pull the trigger because yeah. you are taking a human life and that's that's not easy to not do easy. even well, in self-defense a lot of people grapple with it if they do for the rest of their lives yeah right they they doubt what they did or they they second guess themselves whether it was right or wrong you know it, maybe they were completely within the right it may still be something that that haunts that person yeah. Uh, for a very long time. This is why we see a lot of soldiers that are suicidal after getting involved in uh, conflict zones or you know, possibly having to take life or seeing lives being taken. It can really, really mess with somebody's head. Uh, but uh, that said, you know, the conservatives here who are advocating for trans people to be disarmed are, you know, they come across to me as cowards, right? Like these are pussies. Right. Like yeah. normally, normally the viewpoint of someone who supports gun rights is more guns solves this problem. Right. Like if you've got a, a school shooting situation, more guns in the hands of good people solves that problem. That way you don't have to wait on the police. That way the person who's at the front of the school or the, you know, the every other teacher or however many ones that want to have guns, because you shouldn't force people to have guns that don't want of course them. not. But those teachers who want to have guns, they would have them. They'd be able to defend the students in their, their classrooms. This might have brought the shooting to a close much sooner. There may have been one death or two deaths instead of six or seven or, or whatever. And it should be obvious to people, like, how did we... How did they put a stop to this shooting that occurred in Nashville? Like, in realistic terms, what did they do that put an end to it? Well, they got someone there with a gun. That's right. Who shot the person doing it, and that immediately put an end to it. That's what it always takes, barring them running out of ammunition and getting tackled or some freak accident like that. Yeah. It it's always takes a guy a, with a gun. Yes. 
or three guys with a gun in this and case. And the police have to travel there. And their yeah. average response time is like 38 minutes or something. It's not good. Evidently, they responded to the school shooting much faster. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't respond to things very quickly. And we saw this in Las Vegas as well. They, and Uvalde where they have to oh, yeah. they were first they have for to get time. there and then they have to hesitate and they have to plan and they have to do it. Whatever. In this case, they ran right in to their credit. They didn't, yes, they they didn't did. do any uh, planning. But, but they still have to travel there and like... One teacher there that was trained to do this, and like I wouldn't want to, like that would be my first test to someone who wanted to stewardship of my children. Well, could you defend their lives if someone threatened their lives? Are are you physically or emotionally capable of defending their lives? If not, no, you you can't have stewardship of my children for eight hours a day, five days a week. Uh, and and private schools, it's a private school. They could have had guns on campus, right? Like that wasn't. I don't know. That, I don't, there I don't may know be some gov- regulation against that I wonder that about that. Does the free or gun-free school zones include private schools, or are private schools allowed to have guns on campus? I would hope the latter, but the number here is 603-283-6160. But my point is, these tough-talking conservatives are actually proving how cowardly and scared they really are because they want to turn to the government to do disarming of a group that they think is scary or dangerous, whereas like a tough guy would actually be like, I'm fine, I'm strapped, you know? I'm not worried about a trans person. More coming up. I certainly can. Born female, turn male. Got it. Mm-hmm. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show. You can bring up what you want. Number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Aria. Also, we now have with us Mark. Extended delay, by the way. Uh, apparently, on at uh, wherever secret location. Mark is located tonight. We're going to have him in here, and we'll see how it goes. Um, I assumed a lot of that was him being unsure whether or not you were going to say his name. <laughs> could be, could be, but there is a bit of a of a delay. There was some of it on Mark tonight. Uh, but Mark, I just I was just bringing you up to speed on the things we've been discussing here so far tonight, and uh, of course, listeners just tuning in. We've been talking about the trans shooter, the latest shooter of a school, in this case, a Christian school, which is a little different in uh, tennessee i think it was and this person is now dead they uh, shot to death three children and three of the teachers or three staff members at the school and then uh, some police came in quickly this time they didn't wait around and hang out outside like the cops seemed to like to do uh, this time they just went right in and and took this person out and one of the takeaways from what's happened afterwards with all the you know various different opinions that get thrown about uh, regarding school shootings and gun rights and things like that, is that the conservatives have completely lost the plot uh, on freedom to defend oneself and have called for the abolition of gun rights from a specific group of people that they don't like, namely trans people. And the point I was making just a moment before we went to the news break was that this is basically conservatives admitting they don't believe in gun rights at all. They no. don't believe in uh, the right to defend oneself because they need to turn to mommy government and make sure that government disarms all these dangerous trans people who are just too crazy in the conservatives' mind to be able to be allowed to own guns. Now, we refuted that and pointed out that obviously most trans people aren't 
going on shooting sprees or whatever. So just by the numbers, this is a ridiculous claim. But either way, they're individuals. They don't all believe the same things. You don't get to strip gun rights from some uh, group of people just because you don't like them. But what this really shows is the cowardice of the conservatives who usually like to talk real tough about how badass they are and how gun rights are so important when they're actually saying here they need the government to protect them from trans people because they don't think gun rights would be enough, right? You can't just carry a gun and protect yourself from a psychopathic shooter isn't that the whole point of having the right to bear arms so you can do the job rather than having to call the police in to uh, to get it done it also fundamentally weakens well, their position go ahead mark yeah if- what i would say is is that um yeah I, I think that first we should acknowledge that the internet is a place that likes to use what it calls irony in many cases it's not irony, but whatever the case may be, um, it, it takes a position that it doesn't, in fact, believe in order to make um, a point. And that's not what's going on here. I would also. Oh, you know, I'll have to take your word. No, for it. these people absolutely um, believe they think-, think that trans people are mentally uh, disturbed and therefore they should have their rights stripped from them. Well, that's what they actually think. Hold on uh, now. If we want to say that um, mental illness is uh, at play, then I'm going to concede the point, but also make the point that everybody deals with mental illness at some point in their lives. And while I would say that I do not support the notion of paranoid schizophrenics toting around uh, you know, weapons whenever they do. It just seems like a really terrible idea to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to some people who are completely detached from reality. And, um, you know, the idea of giving them a handgun right then sounds like a really stupid idea. Yeah, but until However, they've done something aggressive, you can't deny them that right. Right? Maybe, maybe you personally don't have to hand them a gun, but if they want to go out and buy one and they have no criminal history, I see absolutely no reason... That they should be denied the right to defend themselves. Paranoid schizophrenic I think there's or not. A difference between, I think there's a difference between social pressure, which may take the form of force, um, and the government. Right? Like, I don't think the government is really qualified to make decisions like this. But I could, like, for instance, uh, we had a paranoid schizophrenic at the studio at one point who was armed. And... We got the gun away from him. We didn't get it away from him in a violent, terrible fashion, but we did get it away from him. Mm -hmm. And we put it elsewhere so that he didn't need to worry about it at that point. He talked about it some, but at some point or another, then he, you know, finds other things to uh, to chat about. So, again, um, you know, I think that a, a crazy person, a real crazy person doesn't need a gun. Secondly, I would say that we all suffer from mental illness. And if you take the if you make it so that person uh, you know person who has uh, gender dysphoria or whatever this terminology is um can't have a weapon to defend themselves then at some point or another the government will come after your weapon because they don't want any of us to have mm-hmm. it and they'll take every opportunity to disarm any citizens it can so long as the citizens are fighting amongst themselves so this is one of the reasons that i would support um you know the right of trans people to own weapons I, I still have to disagree, especially in regard to the, the paranoid schizophrenic. I think once you start taking away anyone's 
right to bear arms without due process before they've committed any act of aggression, then you're opening up the door for anyone to say, hey, this behavior is a mental illness. They can't have a gun anymore. That behavior is a mental illness. Sure, uh, transgenderism, you know, let's call that a mental illness for the sake of the argument. They say, okay, well, if you have this mental or paranoid schizophrenia, you can't have a gun. Okay, well, let's extend that. If you, if you also have gender identity disorder, you can't have a gun. Oh, you, you like owning guns? That's a mental disorder, too. You can't own a gun if you actually want a gun. It, it's a dangerous, slippery slope well, to even— because What you're, that's what the what Democrats you're misunderstanding from me, Aria, is the difference between what I think is a good idea and what I think should be illegal. Right. I'm not saying you I, think that you know, trans people or schizophrenics or whatever should be able to— should be forbidden from the government from owning guns. I'm attacking the, the idea as a whole. Right. Okay. Which is that? Well, so here's my idea when it comes to um, paranoid schizophrenics having weapons. My idea is is that now I don't currently, uh, you know, I don't carry a gun, but if I carried a gun and I was dealing with a paranoid schizophrenic that appeared to be acting in a threatening manner towards me, my family, my friends, or my neighbors, I would pull that weapon that I have and I would shoot that person in the center of mass. And the likelihood that a paranoid schizophrenic does not act in a threatening fashion when they have a gun is low. I, I think that's an irrelevant point. And I, I think that okay. I think once you have people, you know, arbitrarily defining whatever they want to, to the rules to be about who can have guns and who can't, then you're eventually going to end up on the wrong side of that. I mean, I surely you're you just talking about a dun- bunch of people with mental illnesses being shot. That's surely you don't about. think it's justified for you to not have the right to bear arms simply because you're, you're a felon, right? I do not think that. No, but other people who have not committed any violent acts whatsoever or aren't even felons. And I'm not saying you committed a violent act. Let me clarify that. But other I people who aren't even felons, should lose that should lose that capacity that ability to have a firearm even though they've not even committed any legal crimes well here's what i think is, is i think that every, any given jurisdiction that is legitimate in its creation needs to be able to make that decision for itself and i think we have to judge that, people by their actions not their characteristics that that's a fine idea for the imaginary jurisdiction that of which you're speaking but i do think that americans like all of us can agree that paranoid schizophrenics shouldn't have weapons i all don't right. agree though so i want to comment on this because i think a little bit of clarification is necessary uh i was there when this person that mark i believe is referring to was disarmed i was one of the people who was involved in that and so this isn't some sort of wide-cutting, all people of a certain type must be disarmed in society. This is a, you're on someone's private property, you're acting crazy. Now, it doesn't matter if you're paranoid schizophrenic or you're just S- S-faced drunk, right? right? You could be some, you could be in a state of mind that may lead you to be a danger to yourself or others. Right. And well, see, if, that's committing and, actions. And if, well, in this case, he hadn't committed a dangerous action yet, but he was in a state of mind that would possibly have led to some very ugly mistakes. And there was somebody made. there who definitely would have shot him. Sure. I'm sure there was more than one person like that. But uh, this person had a gun on them, and they were in this particular state of mind. And so the people in that particular on that property at the time knowing that this person was not going to be leaving the property because 
to go home would mean to go across the street, and the other person who was involved in the disarming was the owner of that property. So, like, it wasn't like you could just send this person home. And so the decision was made to disarm uh, this person. So essentially it was a private property rights community decision that was made uh, to do this. And later on, the person could have their gun back when they returned uh, to sanity or, or whatever. But in this case, I think that that's very different than having some sort of a overarching law or whatever that says a certain type of person uh, should not have a gun. And I don't think that's what you were saying, Mark. But what I did hear you saying was that, you know, communities should be able to decide these things. And I don't disagree with that. If we're talking about, you know, the libertarian utopia or whatever, this, this more libertarian society in which all, private, all property is private, then – Private property owners can make whatever kind of rules they want to about who gets to have guns on their property and who doesn't. And if there's a store owner, for instance, if I'm a if I'm a store owner and I you know I'm running a sporting goods shop and I got rifles and handguns or whatever, and you come in and you want to buy a gun and it's your right to buy a gun, but you're acting crazy, it's my right to say no. Yeah, right. I, I agree most with all of them that. Would. Yeah. So in the same way right. that you know, but bo- that's. Based on how someone is behaving, right? Yeah. They're, they're behaving in a way that is imminently unstable and you, unpredictable, and you don't know what they're Most going to do. Most paranoid sky, uh, schizophrenics are going to behave that way. paranoid schizophrenic without weird behavior? Yeah, they're well, they're be... not always in that state of paranoid schizophrenia. Well, <laughs> it's kind of hard to break away uh, from some, for some of these guys. You know, yeah, and I would also um, question a, their judgment on their own state. In fact, it's kind of the definition of paranoid schizophrenia is, is to be unable to make a judgment as to whether or not you're experiencing paranoid schizophrenia at the mm. time. I get it, so, Mark, but I'm saying if you start pointing your finger at people and saying they're crazy, they shouldn't have a gun, those very same people who make that argument are pointing their finger at me right now, saying I shouldn't have a gun. That's dangerous. You're supporting well, their They've argument. already pointed their finger at you. Arya, they've already pointed their finger at you, and they've already taken your guns from you before But this. not because I was trans, Mark. Not because you were trans, no. That's because Certainly not. I was you know, arrested two years ago. I gotcha. And I am unwilling, and I do not support those people. Uh, I do not support the conservative position, although many would call me a conservative. And I'm happy to wear the, uh, the title as a conservative libertarian. I'm fine with that. I would argue from a conservative standpoint that if you say that a person who has the mental illness of gender dysphoria, and I'm willing to call it that, then a person who has the mental illness of one time they were uh, diagnosed with depression or one time they were uh, diagnosed with uh, anxiety or any, any of a variety of mental illnesses, which throughout our lives, most of us will experience something like this, whether, we, whether it's diagnosed or not. Then they can take it from you. That's exactly and, the issue. That they're called red flag laws, and Democrats have been supporting them for yes. a long time. And now Republicans, that's Democrats conservatives don't are want anybody to have them. a gun. Neither do conservatives. The only people they want to have a gun are the Republican cops that they will send to your house to shoot you over your gun. Sure, because the, they're the issue they don't make dispute any sense. here is that conservatives are now making those same arguments. Except those, they're saying that it's the trans people who have are the always problems. been bad about the people they hate. Mm-hmm. And believe me, conservatives supported the uh, taking of guns from black people, and I don't. And I would warn conservatives that there will come a day when we, those who identify as white, are in the minority, and you can expect now 
that weapons will be taken at some point in American history that somebody will propose and very likely take weapons from you based on your skin color. And that is the problem with advocating for uh, taking guns from people. Now, I will agree that there are people that should not have guns. Now, I question whether or not anybody who works for the United States government or any local government ought to be qualified to determine that. But um, and I think that it tends to be a better thing for a community to deal with. But, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think paranoid schizophrenics ought to have guns. Yeah, I think you're just drawing the line around a different definition of insanity than the conservatives are and that the, the president I'm telling that you, you set and that a friend that, of mine, that, that somebody I, I understand knew this, would have Mark. been shot in front of me. I understand that. I've, and I already acknowledge that it's this person's behavior that made them a problem, not their medical diagnosis. Right. So I don't know why we're back to the medical diagnosis being the issue here when it's yeah. the behavior I don't that's think the problem. That, I, I think, Mark, maybe you're just not being clear on how this should all work. I mean, you did say it should be up to communities, and that's a little more, you know, indistinct than just saying, well, the government should do this. So I don't th- I don't think that we're agreeing. I don't think any of us is saying the government should be doing this. Right. I just want to be clear, though, Mark, you're not saying that someone should have to fill out a mental health profile before they're allowed to buy a gun, right? Certainly not. Okay. Then how are you going to know whether or not a paranoid schizophrenic is getting a gun? Um, well, for one, most paranoid schizophrenics either live at, um, live with their parents or they are living on the street as hobos. And if they live on the streets as hobos, they often cannot afford uh, a weapon. Yeah, they probably anyway. don't have $500 cash in their pocket. In I'm their not case. a mental health expert by any means whatsoever, but I suspect that there are degrees of paranoid schizophrenia and that there are countless people running around that have that diagnosis and that aren't living with their parents or homeless on the streets. Let me, let me state it this way, Aria. We have all met a person in our lives that should not have a gun. That's all. I don't know that I agree. Okay. (laughs) I've certainly seen some people behaving in a way where I was thankful they didn't have a gun, but Oh, yeah, I'll I bet. Don't, I don't see any characteristic that this person has that is going to make them say, that is going to make me say, hey, because they have this characteristic, they shouldn't have the right to defend themselves. Okay, that, that's messed up. If they are exhibiting some sort of behavior, that's a completely different matter. And sure, well, there's a large overlap between paranoid schizophrenics and dangerous, risky, unpredictable behavior. But if that correlation isn't one to one, then you're taking the guns away from innocent people. Who have, who have no inclination toward violence whatsoever. Well, um, I was there when, among others, Ian um, helped to disarm this individual. And I'm not going to call that disarming voluntary, but I am going to call it, um, you know, nonviolent. Okay, I'm not talking about this one encounter that you had. And I would really hope that you're not taking this one encounter you had with this one person and extrapolating I've it and trying to apply it to all I've met a lot of crazy mamajamas, Aria. Okay, but I've you met a lot of crazy people in my example. life. I've met a lot of crazy people in my life, and a lot of those people, if they had had guns, would have been shot by somebody else. And that's all I'm trying to say here, Aria, is that there are people in this world that deserve to be shot. And if a paranoid schizophrenic, by my definition of what a paranoid schizophrenic is, gets a gun and acts in a dangerous fashion, 
But see, I would make the judgment call to shoot them. Now, that's I fine. won't have a gun. We're right back to their actions being the determining factor here, well, Mark. Well, this is where... That's what again, paranoid schizophrenia is. You don't have paranoid no, the, schizophrenia without erratic action. Okay, then you don't know what paranoid schizophrenia is. It's hearing I voices in your you, head. I guarantee you there is some paranoid schizophrenic out there who lives a normal life and you would never know they were paranoid schizophrenic. Then I wouldn't have to worry about it, would I? Exactly. So why base it on the diagnosis rather than their actual I'm behavior? I'm using them as an example. Well, I'm stop talking doing about that erratic focus on behavior. The behavior. I'm telling you that some people will define threatening behavior differently than other people will define threatening behavior. Okay, well, wh- however you want to define paranoid schizophrenia or whatever, this still comes back down to the point I was making about the conservatives who are willing to destroy the rights of one particular group, in this case trans people, but they could just as easily be going after paranoid schizophrenics. So, you know, you fill in the, the yeah. you know, distasteful group uh, here. And the solution, of course, is still the same from those of us that believe in the right to defend oneself, which is to say that whether you're afraid of a trans person shooting up a school or a paranoid schizophrenic uh, confronting your family in the grocery store parking lot or whatever, the solution isn't to have a government program to try to stop these people, the solution is to be armed and be prepared to use uh, a weapon or a gun or whatever to to put a stop to the crazy person in that moment. And that is how well, you will solve this problem, not through bureaucracy, not through form filling, not through mandatory uh, medical examinations or whatever other bureaucratic hoop jumping. Well, what I'm concerned with is the individual freedom of my individual listeners. And you're talking about a way to solve a problem on a global scale. What I would say, in fact, is that... Um, I am better off not carrying a weapon because in the United States, if I use that weapon and what would be the point of carrying it if I wasn't going to, um, if I use that weapon, I am likely this is New Hampshire or any place else. I am likely to end up in a prison cell simply by the fact that I use a weapon to defend myself or my family. And I'm not talking about specifically. I'm talking about somebody general. That's true in some states, but that's not true everywhere. In some states, you can absolutely stand your ground. Uh, and not get arrested at the end of a of a conflict like that. Sometimes, yep. Yeah. Sometimes, no. There's no guarantees. It's usually a better idea to walk away. Yeah, there's no guarantees in life. I mean, obviously, if you can avoid taking somebody's life, then that's that's an ideal circumstance. But uh, you know, if you if you're in a circumstance where your life or your family's life is being threatened, then you know what what's the old saying? I'd rather be uh, tried by twelve than carried by six. Yeah. I, too, would rather be tried by 12 than carried by 6. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phones here. We got Sam in Ohio on the line here. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wanting to comment in about this mass shooting thing to hear Arya basically explain his opinion on the fact that there's a trans person that did this in Tennessee. Okay. Was, I'm sorry, was there a question there? I, I, I don't know I, what that was. I didn't hear There's what that was. There's a question like, Aria, what do you think about what just happened in Tennessee yesterday? Oh, were you just tuning in because we've been talking about it for the last hour and a half? I also didn't realize you were yeah, talking to me because in. you said he, and I think you could understand why that would throw me off. But what does it or matter what, what, what I have to say on the subject? Well, I figured it would relate more to you because it's the group that's important to you. A group? Oh, so because this the, this killer is trans, that... Has we, you might we, have we a different this characteristic? I don't know. I wasn't trying to be mean. I, I've just been hearing that sort of take a lot. Yours is milder than I've been getting. 
But I, I don't think that my opinion as a trans person on this is any more valuable than anyone else's opinion. In fact, it's probably less valuable to a lot of people because they think I'm going to be biased or whatever. But I, I condemn all acts of aggression and I condemn these acts of aggression. And, you know, we did spend the first hour of the show pretty much talking about the motives of the killer and why they were wrong and you know, how insane they must have been to think that killing people was going to solve any problems. I'd like to know what you think, though, Sam. Hang on. We'll continue with that here in a moment. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Aria, as a trans person, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, we'll continue here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. show here bring up what you want the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 you can join us online head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there I want to say thanks to john he's a gold supporter of our amps program uh john is contributing 10 bucks a month to help us advertise market promote and support free talk live so if you appreciate the work that we do here you can help us with that, over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. And join John and the approximately 130 or so other Free Talk Live listeners who are backing us up. We really appreciate it. Uh, we don't have any actual advertisers at the moment on Free Talk Live. Maybe someday we'll have one again, but I, you know, I think we're going to be pretty choosy about it in the future. Uh, I would much rather have direct support from listeners. If we can make this thing work that way, that would be ideal. So if you appreciate what we do, please jump on over to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Ian, Aria, and Mark here tonight. Let's bring Sam back on the line in Ohio. Sam, you were calling in about the uh, the latest shooter who happens to be trans in Tennessee. And, of course, we were discussing how conservatives are now calling for gun rights to be stripped from all trans people because they that don't makes actually care. No sense. Why does that make doesn't that make sense? Did you think conservatives actually had a shred of a principle that they lived by? I thought they were pro gun to all hell to the point of where they'd be the last people wanting to strip guns away. Yeah, but being anti-trans is more important to them than being pro gun. Mm. How would it be enforceable? I'm just out of curi- curi- just out of curiosity. How would you enforce the idea that um, trans people aren't allowed to own a weapon. That's a good question. Well, you can't enforce any of these, right? And you, we have the same issue with the paranoid schizophrenic or whatever. I mean, unless you have some medical record or something of them having this diagnosis, it's completely unenforceable. Right. I think that it's largely unenforceable that a person who ran a, uh, a gun store shouldn't be responsible for... Um, to whom he sells, unless it's just glaringly obvious. I think he should be he should be responsible to himself and his God. Well, I, but I, I don't think he should be responsible for the to the government. I think it is more enforceable than that because there. I mean, we do have our you know sexes stated on our date of birth. I mean, on our birth certificate, we have our sexes stated on our birth certificate. That's what I was trying to say. And a lot of trans people they go through the process of getting their government documents changed. And that leaves a record. And in order to do some of that, you have to get something signed by your doctor saying, yes, I affirm that this person is not crazy and they are transgender and they do identify as this sex. And there's a lot of paper trail involved in being trans. You, you don't just throw on a dress one day and say, well, I'm trans now. 
and that's it. Well, you're talking about doing it legally. Well, even if you don't do it legally, there's there's always some sort of trail, some some paper trail because you. How else is a person going to even get the estradiol, right? And I was getting my estradiol online from a Chinese drug pharmacy, but it was tremendously unreliable. And even if these things were more un, more reliable than they actually are, it's still creating a paper trail of me going online and ordering these this estrogen every single month to my house. And eventually the USPS could have easily noticed. I think your question is really interesting, though, Mark. And that would be an interesting question to ask the conservatives who are making this proposal and then watch as they come up with some sort of cockamamie, insane, uh, total statist plan to try to identify who is and who is not trans. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them said we should start checking genitals at the uh, the checkout counter. <laughs> What? Well, I think no. Well, I it was I was just speculating, Sam. I, I have not actually no, seen them call for that. Like but... something they would really do, though, at this point, from what you were just saying. Before, yeah, as I said, that. it wouldn't surprise me. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on this uh, shooting situation? I think it was suicide by cop, and they took some people out with. Yeah, that's I think that's looks. probably. I think it's ultimately going to be too simple for that, or that's too simple for what happened. Right, I don't think one specifically chooses a school that one went to, a Christian school, while one is trans mm. in Tennessee and kills three kids and three faculty members, without there being more to it than than just suicide by cop. Hopefully, we'll be able to see the manifesto at some point. Thank you, Sam, for the call tonight. Appreciate it, Mark. Were you trying to? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. There? I wouldn't want to jump to conclusions, but I'd have to agree that the facts that Aria just threw out suggest um, that there's, yeah, you know. Some bitterness. I don't know. Bitter mm-hmm. table for one. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, I, I think that you know it's it's a very interesting question that you're asking a gun dealer to deal with. If you say no trans people should get weapons, even if the gun dealer wanted to say that, let's say you're dealing with a transphobic uh, gun dealer who does not want to sell weapons to um, you know trans people and. They're in a jurisdiction where they get to make that decision without any fear of a lawsuit. God, that would be great, wouldn't it? It's it's an interesting idea, right? Then I could just go find a gun owner, gun store owner who wasn't transphobic, and I wouldn't have to give my money to someone who was transphobic. Wouldn't that be great? It, it would be fantastic. But then they would, you know, they'd be stuck in the quandary. I mean, we've all been in the circumstance where we're dealing with a person where we're like, what gender is this person? I just don't know. And, you know, you you have systems for dealing with that particular problem. But I don't see, you know, I don't see why anyone would want the, to wish this, <laughs> this problem upon mm-hmm. themselves. So, you know, I mean, there are some people who are glaringly trans. There's no doubt. Right. But there are plenty of people who are ambiguously trans and people yeah. who are passing very yeah, very well absolutely. yeah but short of i mean there there have been plenty of people i've met in my life where i was not completely sure what gender they were and mm-hmm. it it never has ever mattered to me like even if i wasn't bisexual none of these people would have ever mattered to me because i wasn't going to have sex with them so it's completely irrelevant to me whether i was talking to a male or a female and I think that's true. I, I don't know why it's even worth contemplating whether or not someone is male or female or trans or non-binary or whatever. Apparently, if, these conservatives are constantly <laughs> contemplating this. I don't I mean, understand right. why. There's one well, guy. I think yeah. what the conservatives are doing here, Ian, and it's pretty clear, is is that they're like, these are the people that are politically arrayed against me at this moment in time. 
right? And we've got them on the run because, I mean, conservatives have managed to turn some Democrats. Like there's Democrats and there's feminists and there's all kinds of groups that are anti-trans. And, um, you know, like I think that there's there's certainly issues with whom I, with which I would agree with people on. Like you know, I agree with the sports thing. I agree with uh, you know that young people shouldn't just be uh, you know able to to sneak estrogen behind their parents' back and uh, you know have a you know a you know chop their genitals off or whatever it is that they're mm-hmm. going to do. I, you know, like I get it. Things that but, aren't happening, but okay. Are they not happening? In the last three years, there have been 56 documented cases of people under the age of 18 getting sexual reassignment surgery. That's in a three-year period, and it's 56 total people. Like, in what, right. the United States? I, I don't I don't remember what the location was, but even if it's just the United I mean, States— That is, by definition, happening. Yeah, yeah, right. but— It's just okay. not happening very much. But by that logic— I agree on, with Mark, you. Because by, that think... logic, by the logic of 56 children getting sex changes and meaning we have to suddenly deal with it, then that means that the— the 800 children who died of COVID-19 justified the lockdowns. If we're going to no, overreact to it. Right, because it's a, it's a statistically irrelevant number. 56 children over three years, completely meaningless. So we don't know if those people were 17 or 16. They, they were clearly niche cases with very specific, very unique circumstances. Because you go to any of these hospitals, like the Boston Children's Hospital, they state very clearly there they, they will not perform any of these surgeries on anyone under the age of 18. So it, I wouldn't either. It, it's hospital policy for all of these po- hospitals that do these sex changes to have so a policy do, of not doing, doing it. it. Some of them will like break that policy room? if there's like a if there's like a really good reason or whatever. Is it like Cletus in his back shed where you can go and because so. uh, we've had those stories before where there's like some guy that goes to get his uh, testicles chopped off or whatever, and it's not because of a sex change. <laughs> it's just because they hate their body or something like that, and you know they that you can't actually get some doctor to do it. So you have to call up Bubba, uh, who's on like the uh, testicle website or whatever, <laughs> and then you right. go down to you know Mississippi, and they pick you up from the airport and take you down to the uh, the woods into some shed where there's no like actual uh, there, there's no what are they, anesthesia or whatever. They just basically chop your uh, your testicles. And I sincerely doubt it's that, but if it is, <laughs> then... That's a real story, except I think it was Texas. If, if, it, so is, if me, it is that, then they, they can't here. regulate that, that in the first place. Right. So there are people, um, and 56 is probably a legit number for this, there are people in America and the world who are what we used to call when I was younger, hermaphroditic. Right. They have ambiguous sexual genitals and they could very well be this sexual reassignment surgery that's going on with these young people. And I would I would guess that a a large percentage, I don't know whether that percentage is above 50 percent or below 50 percent, but I would guess that a large percentage are people who legit need it for whatever reason. Like if you've got sexually ambiguous genitals and this happens. And yeah, and I think 56 over three years, I think you're right that that probably would be a satisfactory way of explaining that number. Yeah. And I would I but I do know there are legitimately a small handful of people who um, have decided, you know what, um, you know, I just can't live this gender and that gender. I presume that the parents are not out of their minds insane because, I mean, you would know. Now there are parents, believe me, most of the parents I've met are out of their mind insane. But um, you most know, people I've met I, I can only leave their parenting to them though. Yeah. That's all I can do. I want to go to the phones here. We got the situation on the line calling from Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, um 
Yeah, I talked to you guys uh, about the time delay and the radio shows and the topics, and I think I'm behind here. Right now, okay. I'm listening to one of your shows about uh, uh, going to war, um, war hawks and all that. And, you got to start uh, listening to the video feed, man. Well, I'll tell you what. You don't have to keep telling us about that you're on a delay. You could just talk about the topic you want to talk about. Okay. Yep. The topic talk I want to talk about is, is uh, um, the the people wanting to uh, go to war all the time. The you know the trillion dollar uh, war bill. You know the they want to finance the military and and just throw money at the military. And uh, and just go to war all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know we're all. I I don't agree with war. Totally hate it. Yeah. Waste of money and time. And uh, I think the way to pull that around, you guys probably wouldn't agree with it. But it's my opinion. If you could listen to me, uh, if you had a draft where everybody had to go into the military, like a lot of third world countries or even modern countries would require that you go into the military. You're not as likely after that to go, okay, let's go to war, you know, because I don't buy everybody's this. Kids, everybody's yeah, I've heard the, I've heard the, the ideas before. I mean, the and people I've got to say that, um, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I'm just saying if, if everybody had a, some skin in the game, you know, versus volunteering, there's certain types of people in this country who volunteer, but if everybody had to go and serve their country and, you know, they're getting paid. You mean go and be a slave because that's what uh, a draft is. They're getting paid. You're still doing it. It's against your will. If it's against your will, it doesn't matter if the slave master is giving you a free, (laughs) you know, place to stay. I'm just saying. Half the country is arguing I shouldn't be able to have a gun. I know what you're saying, the situation. I think Mark's trying to point out he's we've heard this one before, but go ahead, Mark. Yeah, um, I'll I'll jump in. So, look, I, I think that there is value to military service, but I think that that value diminishes when you make it mandatory that um, well, what you hope to imbue in people is to some extent lost and that it creates embitteredness. Um, against, you know, uh, I mean, what, one of the reasons that people claim that we had such a difficult time in Vietnam was because of sabotage of draftees. And there's no evidence. The United States history is replete with the draft. There's been more time with the draft than without. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the United States has didn't fight wars back then. In fact, um, you know, I, I can't remember what the number is, but it was it was like of the 240 years of the United States, 17 of them didn't have a war mm. and most of them were not in the, um, in the last hundred years. So that sounds about right. I don't think just, that that's going to be a solution. No, I have a solution for you though, that you can take the other on, direction. I'm just solution. If it was on the regular, if it was just a regular thing, not a war. Okay. All of a sudden we're I hear you. and a bunch of assholes in charge. Uh, got us into trouble, and we're going to make everybody go fight our fight. See, the problem, though, is that the people people in charge, they're never going to go do military service, and they're never going to let their children go do military service. They're going to carve out exemptions, and it doesn't matter how universal the draft is. Like in North Korea, where everyone has to serve two years in the military, Kim Jong-un didn't. 
His children won't. Yeah. They will always have some sort of reason or why even if the they're elite's in the military. Children. They're not going to a combat right. zone. They're going to be sitting back behind a desk packing boxes in the United States or whatever. And that's why my solution is is that when the politicians want to go to war, that we, the American people, and the people of whatever the country is um, there, demand that they, in fact, do to go to war. We want the war, but we want the politicians to fight it for us. What I'd like to see is Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin (laughs) in an arena in Berlin with short swords and bucklers going at it. And I want the best man to win. I want Vladimir Putin's head on a stick, (laughs) or I want Joe Biden's testicles hanging from a trident. Whatever the situation is. Joe Biden isn't even going to know where he is. (laughs) It's a solution. If he's wearing, uh, uh, let's go Brandon shorts, definitely. (laughs) Thank you, the situation. Go ahead. back, Back in the day of the Kings, we go fight. I don't know. The when the hell did they that did. happen? Yes. Well, no, they, they, they did lead in the battles, well, to some extent. I mean, they, the kings? They, really? they weren't usually yeah. on the front lines, though. They, they were there physically they had, at the battle, they but they were in the back. high up. Everybody led. They actually had leadership that went out. Okay. I think you're letting Hollywood you know. tell you what the medieval ages were like. No, I know my history. Okay, but did you learn it from yeah. Hollywood? Which kings were actually battling? I mean, like, what, what circumstances are we talking about here? So well, here's here's where you're talking about the the Merovingians, the the Carolingians. You're talking about way back. You're not talking about Henry the Eighth. I am, I am. You're talking about you know guys like Clovis and um, you know yeah. maybe even at at times um, uh, Charlemagne. You know people like that. Is this they, like they BC? Fight... Is this like what's that? Is it yeah. how, like how far back are we talking about here? Um, we're talking about 600s, 700s, uh, okay. dark age, times that they would call the Dark Ages. I mean, there's because, always been no, military no, leaders no, like you know, Genghis Khan, but I mean, mm. the, no, the propensity Africa, of these warlords to become rulers doesn't mean that rulers are inherently likely to become warlords. Wait, I didn't phrase that correctly. But the existence of Genghis Khan doesn't mean that kings have always rode into battle with their well, they're not saying always soldiers. they're saying some kings go ahead the situation no, I'm, I'm saying like in africa in modern day africa those people are down there the leaders are fighting and in south america the cartel people you know who are bigger than the government are actually carrying machine guns and fighting you know and I don't, I don't think the president that. of Kenya or the president of Nigeria is in the streets doing anything. These are politicians. They have. I'm talking about warlords. Yeah. Warlords okay, those aren't kings. Who are trying to upset them. And El Chapo the is certainly. They, they have entire institutions built up around them of people who are going to take the bullets before they have to fire the shots. Sure, El Chapo was probably fought. armed, but you've got to kill 50 people He's got to soldiers even get for to a reason. Him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you, the situation, for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. Uh, just to go back to his point, though, that he was making about the draft being something that would somehow uh, dissuade people from wanting to go to war. I think you made a great point here that, uh, Ari, that the uh, the king's son or the, the president's son or daughter or whatever never going to see conflict. The, the high-end politician types, their kids are never going to see conflict in a situation like that. They'll be used as, oh, look. Here's Prince Henry going off to join the army. He's required to, just like all other children, and he's joining the army too. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just grand? And there'll be all this celebration around these people. So, like in in um, 
in South Korea. Uh, you mentioned North Korea. You might have meant South Korea. I don't know what the mandatory service is in North Korea, but in South Korea, I believe it is two years for uh, every male in okay. South Korea. And so a couple of years ago or whatever, BTS, who is like the biggest uh, boy band group, pop K-pop group in South Korea, they all got old enough to where they could do this military service or whatever. And so... They of course make a big deal. Oh, they about, were military performers. I'm sure, right? I yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they were, you know, in that division of the the military or whatever. But they all, you know, they always make a big deal when celebrities go off to go and do these things because they want everybody else to, you know, go without issue and quote unquote serve the government. And uh, and so there's a ton of propaganda around this. And then you're you're uh, you're against everything. If you go against the military, if you don't want to serve your your the society is against you in that particular case, because then it becomes this thing where, well, you know, the abused want to abuse the others. Right. So like you've been abused. So everybody else needs to be abused. It's like how people in uh, tax court, if you're in front of a jury, it's very hard to win on tax uh, cases because everybody's been abused by the IRS. And the typical view of someone who's been abused is, well, if I've been through this, you need to go through it as well. So the same mentality will come into play when it comes to military service. And that's it, why it, people argue for immigration controls as well. Like, well, I had to do it legally. Yes, I had to jump through all thing. these hoops. Same thing. Same thing with business owners that want you yep. to get a license because they had to get a license. So this will become true of military service in a uh, everyone must be drafted uh, situation. And then it just it just inculcates people into the military. It it does what we were talking about earlier, which is dehumanizes, and that's why they of course shave everybody's head in the military. They de-individualize people. This is a terrible idea. Yeah, it teaches people how to kill. Yeah, to force people into the military. Also, I'd say whatever self-discipline and whatever sort of uh, psychic value that one can get out of the military, and I am conceding that it exists, um, you can get that by having a job at, uh, you know, Whataburger. (laughs) And, you know, getting, getting your butt up at four o'clock in the morning in order to get up there and serve people their breakfast um, or, you know, you know, opening the door, cleaning the bathroom stalls, doing the kind of work that we none of us should be above. And Mark was worried about me triggering the conservatives. You just compared military service to working at Whataburger. <laughs> Let's go to the I'll puncher. go so far as to say that uh, the military is nothing but the post office and fatigue. See, I have no dead yeah. cop memes that can make them half as mad as you just made them. Let's go to this caller. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hello? Hi, you're on the air. What's your name, caller? Oh, God. Hey, uh, I was wondering uh, if you heard the story in Minnesota about how they want to ban corporations from um, owning rental properties. I've heard something about this. I didn't know it was a Minnesota thing. I think um, there was actually a state rep here in New Hampshire who was talking about doing that. Maybe it was Minnesota that that had uh, inspired him. Or I think the I think there was like a limit to that the corporation could only own one rental property or something like that. So is this thing passed or is this just on the table for uh, discussion? Hello? I think we lost him. Weird. Line's still there. Oh, there was a click at some point. Okay. Going once, going twice. Mm -hmm. I'm here. He is there. Uh, Sorry. Is this a bill that's, uh, you know, in the process, or is it passed, or what? Um, It's going to pass. Um, That's what I heard. What what are you guys' opinion on that? I mean, I was listening to Mark Stevens the other day, and... You know, I thought he was an anarchist, but he's very, you know, pro 
this government bill, and I'm not understanding why. Well, in my opinion, people should be able to buy whatever property they can afford that the property owner is willing to sell to them. The government should stop licensing corporations, but a a regular business or a coalition of businesses or whatever institution or conglomerate or communist society wants to come together to buy a piece of property, it's not my concern. I think the viewpoint in favor of this particular legislation, and I'm sure I'm not going to do whatever that viewpoint is, justice, only having heard about it from from somebody, is that essentially corporations are bad uh, and they, you know, are a lot of them are buying up all kinds of properties and they're like terrible property managers and so therefore, you know, you're dealing with this sort of inhuman thing that never dies, right? A so get the government to stop authorizing corporations to exist. Sure, yeah, I think I'm also... Well, right, if there wasn't government, there wouldn't be corporations. Well, Mark Stevens makes the point that there's one company that owns like 35,000 houses. Yeah, that's probably BlackRock or or something like that. And that drives up the price of rental. Yeah, no, it's an interesting proposal, and I I tend to agree that the corporation shouldn't exist, but that doesn't mean I'm against businesses, and I don't think you should be able to prohibit someone from owning more than one house. So it's kind of a weird... It's kind of a weird proposal. I don't know if you have more to say, but if you want to, you can hang on. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. If you're out there and you're familiar with this particular bill, maybe you can argue for it. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here. got plenty of time for you if you want to join the show. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, since we've been talking about conservatives here tonight and their just rampant hypocrisy on the issue of gun rights, which has now been revealed in that many of these conservatives online are calling for a ban on trans people from owning guns. And our co-host Mark, who's uh, on here with us remotely tonight, it's Ian, Aria, and Mark tonight. Uh, he asked the question of, well, how exactly are you conservatives going to enforce that one? Have you thought it? E- have you even thought it through that far yet? Uh, the number is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. But coming up in other conservative ridiculousness, Utah is now apparently the first state to require parents' consent for minors to use social media. We'll get into that coming up here. Uh, but first, Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, you guys were asking for a little insight into the manifesto. Yeah, I just heard, I just heard a little bit of, from the BBC on that. But first, let me get into what I already knew about this shooter that you guys haven't covered. Okay, Mary was wondering if she had a good relationship with her parents. From what I heard on a comment from her father. She was hiding her guns around the house. That would imply she lived at home with her parents. Whoa, at 28. Um, The other thing is that, uh, let's see. Oh, she had had another target in mind, too, but decided against it because the target she went after was a softer target, which Mm. is a prime consideration for most mass shooters. They don't want any... Buddy, in the way they want to accomplish their mission. That's why they go to gun-free zones, right? Yeah. Exactly. So if, if you got a sign up there that's got a pistol on it with a big old red circle and an arrow or a slash through it, 
by God, you just invited in the devil right there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so yeah, on this manifesto, she had it all written out, play by play, just how she was going to do this thing, right down to the uh, garments that she wore. Okay. So it was a plan, not a manifesto? Well, yeah, that's not the same thing. We don't know. Well, no, in the manifesto, it stated that she had specked it all out and how she was going to do this, that, and the other thing. She'd already made a couple visits to the place. She had maps of the schools, you know, where the security systems were and Mm -hmm. which doors each and whatnot. So uh, this was definitely well planned. Do you know, did you hear, uh, Major Payne, whether this uh, person had actually gone to the school in the past? Has that been confirmed? it, It hasn't been reiterated verbatim, but all the speculation is leaning that way. Mm. I, I don't agree that this was well-planned. And I, I mean, maybe, you know, she put a lot of effort into drawing maps and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean she was good at planning. Because, like, you're attacking a school full of children who aren't armed, and uh, this is going to sound ghoulish, but she only managed to kill three of them. And, like, it's shooting fish in a barrel at that point. It's, uh, all, you walk into one classroom and there's 25 students there. Easy targets for her. And she didn't even and manage one entrance. that. If, if, yeah. if classrooms are still designed the same way as uh, now as they were when I was a kid, there's one way in and one way out of those classrooms. So if you're, you're making a, a fair point, which is, is that if she really wanted to shoot kids or she was a good planner or both, um, she'd have been successful. Right, and I'm glad well, as, she wasn't. As you guys asked, the speculative point is that did she go to the school or not, and everything points to that she did. One fact that I'd like to point out is she shot the janitor. Mm. Now, Lord oh, knows what, what happened to this little girl in the janitor's closet when she was oh, eight years old. Probably major. nothing. Uh, I mean, that, well, who, that, who, who knows? I, well, I, I grew mean, up, I went to school in the same era that this girl did, and... There was never any opportunity at my little school down there in Mississippi, which isn't terribly far from where she went to school. There was there was never any possibility of a janitor getting a student off alone by themselves to, to do anything bad. The the, the uh, window of opportunity was just never there. This was in Nashville. I don't know how big the little burg you grew up in was, but it was I was a two or three. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to speculate on this poor guy. I mean, he's just a guy cleaning yeah. the toilets. There's no no reason to throw well, the dude I'm under probably, the bus. Probably not, but it's one of them things that makes you go, hmm. I don't I, know, man. I don't think so. Uh, thank you, Major. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go I to think David. That, eminent, uh, that humans are eminently uh, capable of creating their own suffering. That uh, some people go through terrible, terrible suffer, uh, you know, uh, situations, I should call it. Terrible situations. And they manage to come out relatively unscathed mentally and others go through pretty mild stuff comparatively. Daddy's not paying enough attention to me or whatever. And they're ruined for life. And I think that part of it's just genetic. Other parts is, uh, you know, never having to have dealt with adversity as a kid. Um, You know, any variety of things. Let's continue here. We got David in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, David. No gun for you. Is that you, and David? Yes, with... yes. Okay, huh? go ahead. There was a lot of noise there for a moment. Go ahead. Yeah, it's because I'm outside doing work. When you're on hold for an hour, you can't just sit in a nice, quiet spot. It's only been 53 minutes, David. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Um, I apologize. I'm sincerely sorry that I made that comment. All right, go Not. ahead. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, no gun for you. But uh, Aria is right. 
And the other two bozos are wrong about the conversation as you were speaking it uh, 53 minutes ago. And what was that? Can you recap on who was right and wrong for what reason? Let, let me uh, do as Ian instructs and look at my notes. Um, let's see. The, uh, there are two, two main points. And uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller, which I keep harping on and everybody keeps forgetting, so I keep bringing them back up, play, plays into this. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back to that in a second. But Arya is correct because, um, and let me tie in, uh, children, guns, same thing. All court cases are the same thing. They're about rights, okay? And Arya said, uh, uh, unfortunately for Arya and the libertarian viewpoint, you said what the U.S. Uh, Constitution says, that civil rights cannot be arbitra- arbitrarily disposed of. You, you have to have an adjudication. And, there has, and, and if you want to take guns from people that change their whatever, then you're taking their rights without uh, a proper adjudication. You can't have a blanket adjudication that says all of this demographic can't have guns. You can't do that. You've got to do it on a case-by-case basis. And um, what Ari was saying, uh, also another point Ari made is, is correct. And, and I argue this in, in my instance with my rights being taken is that uh, people make insinuations and allegations and never get it adjudicated. And yet the, the, in my case, you know, in the court acts on it, the court, the court is theoretically the people, the people act on it without, in other words, they issue an order. They, they, they make some, some law, we're going to do this without an adjudication in a specific instance. Because as Arya said, many people can, uh, c- could be, if, if they went through the procedure, could be diagnosed with uh, X. Uh, yet they never, ever, ever, ever behave poorly. And you, so you can't blanket take those people's rights just because they had a diagnosis, but they've never done anything that harmed another person. Um, and, and then there's the other category of people that would have that diagnosis if they went and got assessed, but they've never even been assessed. So th- they're out there with the same exact diagnosis or situation, um, and they still have their rights, whether it's gun or children or whatever. They're all rights. They're all interchangeable, civil and human, hu- uh, human and fundamental rights. And so, so they they've never. Uh, it, it, it's an in, it's an unequal situation, which gives you also a Fourteenth Amendment equality argument. Lastly, let me bring back in Pastor Martin Niemöller, mm-hmm. and nobody cares uh, about, and, and this is not entirely true, I'm, I'm overstating it for the, to make the point, no, nobody cares about some parent and their children, um, because there are tens and hundreds of thousands of them out there that uh, have the same situation that I have, and they really don't get much attention. Um, uh, but now, when it comes to something that affects you, then it, it, the, the, the wrongful taking of a right becomes interesting. So, and leaving you with this, Pastor Martin Niemöller, he's the guy that went to a Nazi concentration camp, mm-hmm. even though he was a uh, white Protestant Lutheran minister, because he said what? He said, first they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for the communists, and I wasn't, so I didn't say anything. And then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't. So I didn't say anything. And so, and then they came for me and there was nobody left. 
Yeah, it's a great poem. Thank you for uh, for bringing it up here tonight. Uh, thank you, David, for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, we've Ari, I'm sick times. and tired of you getting your friends to call in um, and defend your position. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked that yeah, I'm kind of sad we let him go because I wanted to check and make sure he's okay. Because <laughs> He agreed with you on something. Yeah, he, wow. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, no, well, it just goes to show that David is principle-driven. There you go. Sarah is in New Mexico. By the way, great poem. If people aren't familiar with it, it's definitely worth uh, studying it. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I have uh, exciting news. Um, Albuquerque, we're going to be getting two more speeding cameras. That's right not exciting, the... Sarah. That's exciting There's literally no one I... else on the planet except for you and the speeding camera manufacturer who finds that news to be exciting. Well, that really, there, there was two people living right on Montgomery. They said they get woken up all night long, two different people on the radio news. They said it's so noisy with, um, and I hear them because I live on that street where they're going to put two of them up and it's, it's Montgomery. Why is it so noisy? Is it the drag street. racers? Yeah, they, they. I hear them all night long, from two to three, um, and then they. It's going to be put up like two so miles. So Sarah's anti-drag too. Well, the Beanie thing people is are. that drag racer, not just drag. And you, you know what? You could you could dress up, be whoever you want. I really, it's not my business. But, but you can't drive but, your car how you can, want. Can I dress up however I want and then race my car? Is the question. Well, the thing is, they wake everybody up. They're, they're, uh, so allow them to do like this in the middle of the afternoon. No, they do it um, two in the morning, three in the morning. Yes, because there aren't cops around this. So let them do it at two in the afternoon. Make it legal well, for them to drag race, and it. they won't do it at night anymore. Well, you know what? They can't do it because uh, it's a uh, rush hour. There's cars all over the place. There wouldn't and be cars all over the place if they were out there drag racing. Is there a racetrack in town? No, no, they they do it because it's uh it there's a, well there's hardly nobody out but it's not and then it's middle of the night. How can there be no racetrack like in Albuquerque, New Mexico? I mean, there's a racetrack around here, and it's a much smaller area. I think she was answering my question, not Mark's. Sarah, is no, there a racetrack out there? What is there a racetrack in Albuquerque? I I don't think there is a real racetrack. I I mean not the arena, but they use the real street as a racetrack all over the place. Yeah, so all just so just make it legal. Just, just make it legal for them to do that, and it, it, it'll stop happening at two o'clock in the morning. TripAdvisor says that uh, Albuquerque Dragway yeah. is four stars. I'm here on the their da- website. Yeah, the uh, the Southwest Moto Sports uh, looks like a place where you in, in on Aztec Road uh, looks like you could uh, do a little race in there. I mean, why don't these uh, guys just go to the racetrack? I don't know. I'm Sarah? guessing it's because it's maybe it's a little expensive. Maybe they got to pay an entry fee and they'd just rather go down on you know whatever boulevard there and have their races there. I mean, the yeah, logistics can... of trying to rent one of these places to have like a race between two random cars on the street and you've got to drive there. Yeah, I, I can. It's not practical. Yeah, if I'm going home and there's a bunch of uh, kids out there with their uh, cars blocking the highway so that they can race, I'm imagining they're not going to clear out because old Mark wants to take his Prius through. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to be pretty annoyed that I'm being forced to pay for this uh, government road and it's not being maintained in the fashion that uh, I need it to be. 
Yeah, this sounds like a community property issue, right? Tragedy of the commons, where everyone's forced to pay for it, and these people want to turn it into their own private raceway, which technically they should be able to do since they paid for it, but it also inconveniences the other people who paid for it, whereas if it were actually a private road, maybe the private road owner would actually go out and try to deal with these people somehow. But right now, you've got a situation where Sarah thinks speeding tickets are going to solve this problem, and apparently the police aren't bothering to lift a finger about the, the thing is that what police officer, they want the police officers uh, to do it because we're like short thousand police officers. How many police officers uh, do you have there in Albuquerque? I really don't know, but we don't have enough. Or they're always advertising to hire police officers. because You they, have enough. They, they just have to stop them. enforcing the drug war. Stop wasting time with nonsense like the drug war and then prosecute actual victim crimes. Right. According to the uh, Wikipedia, it's a thousand, uh, rather, eleven hundred and sixty police officers as of twenty twenty one. So Sarah wants to double the size of the police department, is what it sounds like. If she's to disproportionately are, target the poor, if she's because saying, that's what police do. Yeah, of course they would. Sarah, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. You know, in my opinion, I get the frustration that some people got to have, right? Like, you don't want to yeah. be woken up in the middle of the night by engines being revved or whatever. I, I get it. Um, but t- to that end, uh, there's there's a guy that's on this street not far from this house, like within a house or two, that's got some crazy engine on his truck or a motorcycle. or I think he's got both. He's both a motorcycle and a truck. And dude leaves for work at four in the morning or whatever. And sometimes you hear it. You know, he's he's got that engine running and it's not like he's trying to piss somebody right. off, but... It's there, and it's just the reality of living in a city. There's going to be noises outside of your, your window. I have a very loud sound system. Now, after you know 10 o'clock at night, I'm not going to turn it up loud enough to disturb the neighbors. But yeah. Otherwise, people could absolutely hear me coming for the exactly the same reason. It's just something that happens when you live around other people. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the best solution here would be private road ownership and let the private road owners negotiate yeah. with these people to figure out the best way for, for everybody. Because obviously, the government isn't satisfying. And however it is that they're handling this, if they're doing nothing, then that's not helping. And and then you know, going in and putting these people in prison isn't going to uh, to make anybody's lives better either. Well, you you make a really good point as well that the dragsters they are using the roadways how they want, mm-hmm. and that's an inconvenience to the people who want to drive normally. But the people who want to drive normally are inconveniencing the dragsters. Yep. And both sides, well, the people who are driving normally want to say that they have the side of right on their side or whatever. But no, this is public property. The dragsters have exactly as much right to use it as you do. It's true. I disagree. Um, and in fact, I've probably been paying uh, my tax for that road significantly longer than any of those dragsters uh, that are out there doing their little thing. So, I'm, you know, at their point, I've bought more shares. It doesn't work that way. It, well, no, it, it's it's theft. <laughs> There's what, no what doubt, they right? Lived like, in Albuquerque for three years, and you just moved there, right? You could be, it could be, but there's a drag strip. Go ahead and use the drag strip. You're talking about on somebody's raceway, somebody's private property. Yeah, go to the drag strip. Why can't and use they use the drag the public strip. property? It's public property. It's a road. It's, it's called yeah, a way. People race on roads. <laughs> Yeah, no, people race on drag strips. That's well, they why they're called it. drag strips. They race, they race on, roads. on roads too. People go to work and and go to the and go to Walmart on roads. And people race on roads. Look, man, yeah, I mean, you know, you can 
I'm just saying there is there is something there for the dragsters to do their dragging thing. What if they don't want to go there? There's nothing there maybe when the, the dragsters are on my road. Maybe the dragster do owner thing. doesn't let them bring alcohol on uh, the property or doesn't want them to have guns or something like that. I mean, yeah, sure, Mark, you can walk if they're blocking the highway. You can walk. Oh, you can take I a could bus. Just step on the gas and run right through since they're <laughs> sitting in the middle of the road. You could. This is how people get killed that by using roads the wrong way. I've heard Ian say on the air. I've heard him say on the air, don't let your toddler get out in the street because if they get run over, it's your fault. Well, don't put your teenager in a freaking hot ass car on my road because I may run him over. <laughs> With your Prius. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. I think you're overestimating your Prius's ability to deal with a drag racer, but, you know, I don't think that's the way to solve this problem. I don't think aggression is the way no. to solve this problem. I think problem. get the hell out of the road unless you're going home. Well, you get the out of their take road. Take a detour. You get out of their road, Mark. <laughs> this, and this is why I don't carry a gun, Aria. It's a public <laughs> property issue. This is tragedy. Because I'd stop the Prius, I'd get out, and I'd solve the problem. It's and tragedy of the commons. Off I go. Is... Everybody either goes to the hospital or prison. This is no different than people arguing over who gets to use the public park, right? Like if yeah. you want to have your wedding out in the public park, but somebody wants to have a football game, then you've got a conflict. And that can get ugly if people want to get ugly. I say as long as you stay in the given geographic area, that you agree to the rules. Well, what are the rules? What are you uh, talking about? We, the rules on right a road to, are get the hell out of it. It's not that simple to just going. leave a geographic area, Mark. What's that? It's not that simple to just leave a geographic area. We, we've gone over this repeatedly. It is not that complicated either. Those people in that geographic area decided they wanted to converge on whatever street she was saying it was and have drag races. There's plenty of other streets. You can go down well, then, those streets. Then here's what I say is the homeowners that are around there ought to be able to have a shooting range right there in that same spot. <laughs> But that's no longer on their right? property. What are you doing in the way of my targets? Boom, 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 bitches. That's so aggressive, Mark. <laughs> I thought you what? were a peace advocate. You want to no, shoot people just, for drag look, racing? I'm, all I'm doing is putting holes in paper. If somebody gets in the middle of my firing range, then I don't see what the problem is. Okay. I, I think you're right. Paranoid schizophrenic should not have weapons, Mark. <laughs> Let's continue here with uh, more of your calls. I'm kidding, Mark. I Caller. don't think you're paranoid schizophrenic. What is your name? You're on. <laughs> I still think paranoid schizophrenic should have guns, though. You're on the air caller. What is your name? Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry. You're, you're on the air. Bruce. Bruce. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm just calling in about the school shooting situation and just kind of touch base on, you know, my feelings in regards to it. Let's hear um, it. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, this talk about the idea of denying people the right to defend themselves because of of their expression of themselves, to me, that is just a ludicrous idea. Um, sure. I think that anyone should have the right to defend themselves, you know, whether it's, you know, with firearm, with, you know, what have you. Um, Absolutely. And I just think that, and you shouldn't have to ask permission that, either. No, it's a right. It's a natural right, right, which by its nature is not granted to us by the government or by any other organization. So they shouldn't have the right to take it away, nor should other groups of people. Um, we live in a what's supposed to be a a republic that grants us our our you know rights by by law, and instead we're trying you know they're trying to push this narrative of. That we're, you know, this democracy where inherently turns tyranny. Um, so I think that there's definitely a lot 
that regard. I only uh, disagree with you on the point that the Republic doesn't grant rights. I think that uh, the best way to put that would be that the Republic is supposed to protect those rights, which many people would say are inherent or God-given in regards to being uh, human. Bruce, thanks, man. I don't know if you have more to say. If you want, you can hang on. We'll, uh, We'll continue here. There's more. If you want to join us as well, we got time for you. The number is 603-283-6160 plus the Utah crackdown on social media. We'll explain it coming up. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Mark. Join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find there. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots of cool stuff there. Our social media uh, platform is available to you at social.freetalklive.com. You can head over there. Uh, Dingo Dare getting a lot of uh, reports by people on other servers. Not for any particular reason, because they just don't like his posts for yeah, some they, reason they're not giving a reason with him that i've seen yeah uh, usually whatever usually they'll say something like this guy's a troll or a nazi or whatever but yeah. with dingo they're, they're like it's just other yeah. it's like thanks <laughs> for wasting my time making me read this and uh, of course we're ignoring those reports because we don't care about what these people think about what you post because you can have whatever opinion you want to over at social.freetalklive.com. So head on over there. We got Bruce still on the line with us, calling us actually from Montana, listening to KINX up in uh, Great Falls. Uh, so, Bruce, uh, continue with, with your thoughts. Yes, that's right. Sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, um, when when the government tries to take away our naturally given rights and or people try to encourage the creation of laws that would restrict those rights, you know, we need to speak out against it because you know ultimately comes down to i mean if you go back through history countless times how many times has there been you know people say you know the lutheran minister that spoke out in germany is saying you know i didn't speak out when they came for the socialists because i wasn't a socialist that was uh, pastor martin niemoller which uh david referred to earlier and you know at the end of the day no one's there to speak for you because if you don't speak out as a group against the the bad things, the evil things in the world. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, no one's there to speak out for us. And I think that we've become so polarized in this in this country that, you know, immediately people don't think about, okay, well, everybody has a right to defend themselves. Yep. Um, everybody has a right to, you know, I remember growing up in in small town in Montana, everybody had guns in the back of their vehicles in at school and no one thought twice about, mm. you know, let me go out to my car and get a gun. Cause I got in a fight with somebody. Right. You know, that wasn't even a thought. Um, and then of course they created the gun freeze, you know, gun free zones and all this. And then you started to see this immediate uptick in, in school shootings. And, you know, when you create these havens where people who are mentally ill or who are, who have a desire to, to cause violence, but they're also cowards, where they go and they want to strike against people who have no way to defend themselves. I mean, that's a perfect place to go to. And it I feel seem... like we've created these. Yeah, I did. These places where, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um, my father grew up in the same sort of environment where like everyone had a, a shotgun in the back of their truck or whatever. And everything, I mean, there, there weren't really any school shootings or anything. Everything was fine. But 
No, yeah. Like there, there's something fundamentally different today mm-hmm. where like there is it, it 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 horrifies me to think of what these people would do to one another if they were all carrying exactly. around guns and uh, something has happened at some point in our society that has driven the animosity the hatred toward one another the irrationality the anger that we're all feeling to levels that we're, we're just isn't being dealt with and that we think is just background radiation to society and that wasn't there 30 or 40 years ago exactly and I'm not sure exactly, I can't put my finger on exactly what it was. I think it's like all other events in history. It's not one specific watershed moment or one specific thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a whole barrage of events that have caused us to, um, to, to lose sight of, like you said, you know, this, you know, no one even thought about it. It wasn't even a, a thought that went through your mind, you know, well, let me go do this. Right, my father you know, was in plenty of fights. He never shot anyone after school. He was like, yeah, "I'm exactly. coming back I, and yeah, settle I, this." I was in my share of I was in my share of fights in high school, and you know, I never once thought, "No, you know, so and so punched me in the mouth. Let me go get my my rifle out of my car or my vehicle and and come back in and and hurt people." But today, the, I think that's exactly what that, they would think. Exactly, today's mindset is exactly that. It's this belief system that that's perfectly legitimate way of of dealing with a situation, which. It's not. I mean, self-defense is self-defense, not, you know, and to have this person say, well, you know, I just want to die. Well, like, like you said earlier in the program, there's there's countless ways that you could do that that doesn't involve harming other people or putting other people in a scenario, situation that, you know, these other children and other teachers that were involved in the situation here, besides the victims who, you know, my heart goes out to their family, but there's all kinds of people that now are going to have that event as a scarring, scarring event through the remainder of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have children that are supposed to be living in innocence and instead are put into this, you know, now the rest of their life, they're going to be dealing with this as a, as a major traumatic event in yeah. their own lives. Bruce, well said, man. I uh, don't really have much to disagree with here, so uh, thank you for calling and sharing your thoughts here thank tonight. Thank you for Definitely. having me on. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank right. you. Uh, great to hear from radio listeners as well. Phones are always open if you want to share your thoughts. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. But it does bring up an interesting question of, like, why is it so different now and for the last couple decades than it was 40 or 50 years ago where it was no big deal for somebody to roll into the school parking lot with a, a gun rack on the the back window of their truck. I mean, where no one would bat an eye at that, where even in some cases, some schools had, you know, uh, shooting competitions or whatever after school hours on, on school campus. What is it that has changed? I mean, it's easy to... That- yeah, I think I think it might be a change in what is uh, sort of a definition of masculinity in so much as, um, well, it would have been cowardly of me to go get a gun to solve a physical altercation. It would have mm-hmm. been an acknowledgement that I did not have the skill in fisticuffs or whatever, and that somehow I couldn't handle this. Whereas I think and this is, you know, I, I've only been young when I was young and, uh, you know, older when I was older. But I think that now it's like, you know, there's been so many, you know, on TV and these sorts of things that people believe that the manly thing to do is to win at all costs and whatever tools you use, you know, is fine to do that. Um, so, 
I think that might be the that's that's what I'm going to go with. But where did that come from? Was that something that like, you know, the communists have brought about? Was it Hollywood that was being controlled by the commies or was it a government idea to try to demasculate or demasculate people? Uh, like where what's the history there? What's what's behind this? It didn't just happen out of nowhere, right? Isn't there is this natural for people to go in this direction or was this directed by some group that wanted to weaken society or weaken the uh, the individual? Or maybe it was just a byproduct of people seeking money, you know, glorifying violence or whatever on television because that got them more views, more attention, more money. And it just had this byproduct of also over time making people more violent. I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying it it could have happened in a directed way without necessarily being violent, intentional. Are they? I mean, aren't isn't isn't society more peaceful now? Aren't there fewer yes. violent crimes? So like it's not you can't just say, okay, sure. things are more violent because they aren't. Maybe it's this maybe it's one of the sort of outgrowths or maybe an unintended consequence of this overprotection, this uh, safetyism that we've discussed before when we've talked about the idea of like free range kids uh, being this sort of unusual thing. Now it's now it's scary to let your kids go into the park alone or let them, you know, walk to school by themselves or whatever. There's these there are these parents who have been for for the last few decades have been trying to protect their children from any kind of negative experience. And maybe that has led over the last couple of generations to a generation of uh, a bunch of wussy boys. Well, in their worldview, you know, they, they, they can equate words to being violence, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if, and if you're, if you're demented enough where someone saying something to you can constitute violence, and there's no difference between saying something to you and hitting you, then there's probably no difference between hitting someone and shooting someone. You know? If you want to comment, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. In other news, uh, NBC reporting that uh, Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed two pieces of sweeping social media regulation into law. This was last week, uh, requiring that social media companies get parental consent for minors using their services, making Utah the first state to impose such measures in the United States. Versions of the regulation are also being considered in four other states and in multiple federal proposals in Congress right now. The new Utah laws, HB 311 and SB 152, require that social media companies verify the age of any Utah resident who makes a social media profile and get parental consent for but, any minor who wishes to make one. But Twitter is not based in Utah. Why, 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 why are they going to have to follow Utah law? That, that's for the insane. same reason that Binance has to follow uh, U.S. law, even though they're not based in the United States, apparently. But Utah is not as powerful as the United States. True. Right? I think Utah will struggle... To force a company in San Francisco to abide by Utah's laws. Yeah, that is an interesting question. I mean, it's probably easier to get Twitter into court in Utah than it would be to get Binance to uh, to show up the the world's largest Bitcoin exchange, which we discussed last night. Uh, they are also going to be forcing social media companies to allow parents to access posts and messages from their oh, child's no, account. No, look. There are many scenarios in which a child needs to keep secrets from their parents. I don't know how I don't know how the people in Utah have missed this, but some parents abuse their kids. Mm-hmm. And like 
you're facilitating that by giving parents unrestricted access to their kids' technology. Like, you're causing those kids to be harmed now. Well, you make parents responsible for kids, and they do. In many, many, many ways, parents are responsible for the actions of their kids, whether Mm -hmm. it's um, them showing up late for school, um, whether, you know, in many cases, the things they steal. um, And I think that if you're going to make parents responsible for their kids, that um, you need to give them the tools to be responsible. I agree with you, Aria. This is absolutely going to be abused. But I think that, you know, like when when I think about it, I would rather have the control when it comes to how I raise my kid. Are you rather supporting this? When it comes with the ability to look at, um, you know, what Jack posts on social media. The mandated ability, the law forcing this uh, ability into these systems. I think that if you live in Utah um, and you, you know, know that this is coming around, that you basically are opting, choosing to opt into it or that choosing not to opt question. out of it. Are you supporting this? I don't think we need laws for this. I think what we need is better parenting. Okay. And this better all... parenting means that you should be looking at what your kids are doing online. This is uh, there, there's just so many ways that this. And what about divorced parents? Because uh, because the father is abusive or whatever. So the so the parents are keeping him from knowing the location, or the mother's keeping him from knowing the location of his kids. Well, now all he's got to do is open up her Facebook or Twitter or whatever and see her latest location data or her latest login information or what Wi-Fi network she was connected to. This is horrible. It's not just a violation of children's property rights. It's a open violation of their right to safety well let's ignore i don't think children have very many property rights because they don't have very much property okay and and that's fine let's ignore the law here for a moment and just go back to what mark said about the idea that a parent should be getting into their children's various different accounts of whatever sort uh this was not a problem for me growing up we didn't have social media it certainly wasn't something that i really faced my parents, however, did not go onto my bulletin board system accounts that I had. So that was sort of the pre- predecessor to the internet with these yeah, uh, BBS. Di- yeah, dial-up BBSs that you could call with your modem and you could leave messages and stuff for, for, uh, for everybody else. My parents trusted me. My parents and I had a relationship where I don't think they even considered doing something like that to me they certainly never like bugged me about it or said oh hey can i see what you know messages you've been posting online i mean can't parents have a relationship with their kids where they're not invading their privacy i mean shouldn't shouldn't kids be able to have privacy if that's something that they want sounds like you're saying no mark i'm i'm saying that the kids have the privacy that they um that the parents want them to have that this is ultimately the parents house and not the kids. Now, is that the best way to raise a kid? I think not. Um, do you I think go that through you, Jack's uh, social media posts? Never have. Okay. I've never really thought about it. But I do talk to him about who he should be talking to online and who he mm-hmm. shouldn't. Okay. So you were saying a thing even though you didn't actually do it. That's correct. I think that it's um, – because I had, Jack has never given me a reason to. Got but it. I need the tools mm-hmm. to be a good parent, and maybe those tools are – 
going on and seeing what um, they're writing online. I mean, they're using, he's using my computer, my electricity and, you know, mm-hmm. like everything that's mine to tick things away on these online accounts. Yeah, but you don't need I to access think, anything. I think private. that on here on free talk live, that there is a great deal of representation for the young person and not a lot of representation for the parent. Yeah, but you, and again, that's because most people here on free talk live haven't had the experience of being a parent. You don't have to violate their privacy in any way to go online to see what Jack is tweeting about. Like, that's public stuff, right? We're talking about different stuff like private messages and things where you would have to access his account, not to see what he's posting online, but to see who he's talking to and what he's saying with them. Do you think that that's a little bit different from seeing what he's tweeting about? I think that if I had a daughter who was sneaking out, um, maybe I would want to know, uh, you know, who she's talking to privately and these sorts of things. Sure. Maybe if your daughter was sneaking out, it's an indicator that you have screwed up the relationship with your child and you need to do some work on that rather than maybe everybody, maybe everybody sneaks out. Or maybe you're, you should have a relationship where your kids are like, Hey, I want to go out and you don't penalize them for doing so. I say, okay, well stay safe or whatever, you know? I never saw that either. Fortunately, I I haven't had to deal with these situations, but I am not going to across the board say, you know, that no parent should be able to do this. I'm not going to hold a parent responsible. And I think they are responsible for the actions of their child to some extent. See, I'm also not convinced on that point either. I don't know at what point I would draw a line and I don't think it's necessary to have to draw a line, but... I think an individual is responsible for their own actions mm-hmm. in, in general, regardless of age. Now, I don't think a five-year-old who steals a candy bar should be thrown in jail. And I think, you know, the parents should be should have to deal with that to some degree. But again, I'm not trying to put too fine of a point on it because one of the beautiful things about treating individuals as individuals is that you can treat every individual case as its own unique situation. Well, I don't have to have this blanket rule that all five-year-olds should be punished for stealing when instead, I can say, well, this five-year-old stole, and this seems to be the best way to deal with that. So this law gets worse. Uh, I want to get into some more of what it does. So not only uh, does it make it so that these uh, parents, for instance, have to give consent for their children to use the services, but also the laws in Utah now prohibit, again, these were signed by the governor. These, these are laws. Uh, prohibit social media companies from displaying ads to minors showing minor accounts and search results, collecting information about minors, targeting or suggesting content to minors, or knowingly integrating addictive technologies into social media apps used by minors. At this point, they might as well just say, no one under the age of 18 can use our service in Utah. Because even if you get parental consent to allow your teenager or this teenager to go onto the site, they can't, they're not even going to be able to actually use the, their app because the whole point of these apps is to you know, target content and to integrate addictive technologies. So like, you just might as well ban Yeah, this Utah bans teens. everything. Uh, this bans video games, uh, which are designed around an, an addiction center and you know, mm-hmm. receiving some sort of rewards, some dopamine release in your brain for doing something positive. Well, this only targets social media companies, supposedly. Well, what, now, we haven't read the law. How, I, I would be interested to see what definition they use that applies to Twitter that doesn't apply to World of Warcraft, okay, which so has it gets a social worse. aspect to it. The worst part is this one. They also impose a curfew on the use of social media for minors, locking them out of their social media accounts between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. 
based on the location of a user's device unless adjusted with the consent of a parent. How disgusting. Social media. This sounds like straight out of like China. Yeah. Because on China, they actually, or in China, they actually have video game lockouts. They have video game curfews. My um, children are only allowed to play a certain number of hours of video games per week, and they're not allowed to play them after a certain time of uh, of night. So, I mean, this is this is straight out of communist China, but it's happening in Utah. Yeah, that's horrifying. Uh, I'm not terribly surprised to hear it. I mean, these sort of authoritarian conservatives have always been out there. Yeah. But it's surprised to hear they were going this far. And if I remember right, this is sort of a watered-down version of a bill they proposed a few years ago, which would have applied this to all technology, where even even the laptop you bought at the store had to have a parent's permission mm. slip for you to be able to use, or wow. for you to have an account on it. I don't remember. Chris and I covered it years ago. Chris mm-hmm. Wade and I covered it years ago. I think on the call to freedom. So the... And it was an earlier version of exactly this bill. This bill has actually passed, though. This is it. This is this, this is, is the law, law in Utah These, right now. I, I will point out that in this, parents can make um, at least at the very uh, the curfew part can make adjustments. They can decide how their kids, uh, you know, social media consumption goes on and that sort of thing. For now, that this is until the next what's law. That? Until the next law, the government has decided that parents should have this limited ability. To control it at this <laughs> right. point. Yes. They, they have benevolently decided that, yes, you, you can control the color of your leash. How very kind of them. <laughs> uh, and, of course, they are proposing similar laws at the federal level. So this could be coming everywhere if these people get their way. And, you know, this and the gun restrictions we were talking about earlier, how some of these conservatives want to prohibit trans people from owning guns. Uh, this just is yet another example of why libertarians need to remember that conservatives are not our friends. Conservatives are not libertarians as much as they want to act like they are when they're not in charge, when the conservatives aren't running things in the government, when it's the other party that's in charge. The conservatives love to talk about liberty and freedom yeah. and, oh, yeah, we're anti-war now and, you know, like trying to act like they actually care about freedom but every now and then, even though they're not in charge, they still let it slip. Like, oh, yeah, well, we just want to take away gun rights from this group. And we yeah. want to take away your right to go online after 1030 at night if you're, you know, 17. We just want to protect your kids from the groomers out there on the Internet. <laughs> That's all. Well, I I wouldn't use the term conservative to describe this, Ian. I would say authoritarians of all stripes That's are, what conservatives are. attracted to the state. And they're liable to want to get there and tell you what to do. Yes. And that we all have to be vigilant of that, libertarian or not, because as an authoritarian, your authoritarianism is not likely to match the authoritarianism of any given politician who wants to pass a rule. So you yourself have to be careful because all authoritarians want freedoms for themselves. Yeah. They just don't want freedoms for other people because they're the dangerous ones. But there's all different kinds of authoritarians. Some there there are different flavors. They're male. There's they're female. They're tall. They're short. They're of fat. A conservative, they're black. They're white. They're whatever yeah. they are. There's authoritarians of a conservative uh, variety, and there's authoritarians of a progressive uh, variety. And I want nothing to do 
with them. It's just the conservative variety authoritarians managed to snooker libertarians a lot they more have, successfully yeah. uh, in a lot of cases. There's all a lot of people that love to use the word libertarian in tandem with conservative, like libertarians and conservatives, blah, 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 whatever you know, statement comes after that. And it's like, no, conservatives aren't libertarians, and all they have to do is just keep talking to reveal what they actually believe, and then you can then you can see it clearly. Yes. Governor Sununu of New Hampshire was just doing exactly this. How? Well, I have a libertarian mindset. About what the hell does that small mean? Small L. He called himself yeah. a small L no, libertarian. Dude, you're a conservative. I mean, are you? He's an authoritarian conservative. He's a rhino. I mean, I don't know how Republican or conservative he yeah. is, but there's nothing libertarian about this guy. And yeah. Donald Trump had the same thing going on. I don't think Donald Trump, to his credit, God, I can't believe I said that, never <laughs> described himself as a libertarian, but no. a lot of libertarians supported Trump. Because he was the outsider, right? He was pro-liberty. He was pro-small government. And then you got Mitt Romney, who prides himself on being a small government Republican. No, he, he's a Mormon from Utah, just like the people who wrote this legislation. It's a yeah, Aria, I want to get it real quick. Um, I think it's worth pointing out to the Trump-loving libertarians out there. Remember the economic situation that we're in. And remember the responsibility that Trump takes by decoupling the fractional reserve requirement for banks mm-hmm. uh, in, I think it was 2020, I that remember. This, this happened. And that is, maybe I'm not going to say it's the only factor by any stretch of the imagination, but it is definitely one of the factors that has put us into the position we're in. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.